set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Bridget Jones's Diary from 2001, directed by Sharon McGuire. So this week's episode is very special. Um, we have a very special guest with us today, and I'm very excited to have her here. Um, we have Lindsay of the Chocolate Hippie Podcast with us um, to discuss this movie. Mm-hmm. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Libby? Hi, guys. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Like, I'm fangirling. Like, for real. Like, for real. For real. Oh, yay. I love when people tell us that they like us, because I feel like sometimes we're just, like, out here just being like, I guess we'll record this episode. <laughs> no, you ladies are not screaming into the void. You guys are doing very important work. Thank you. Um, so I guess we wanted to really highlight Libby's, um, Libby and her podcast. Uh, we've mentioned the Chocolate Hippie before i feel like maybe once or twice um definitely like in the um and one of our more recent episodes just because everything is kind of chaotic everything is a mess um and your podcast is kind of more focused on i guess self-care centering yourself um mindfulness wellness um but not in a um not in a suspect way (laughs) (laughs) Because some people, I feel like that's a, there's been a little bit of backlash of, of mom, mindfulness and wellfulness on, like, the timeline. Um, so I kind of wanted to, like, talk to you about, or I guess we wanted to talk to you about, like, sort of how you started the Chocolate Hippie and, like, what were you were kind of looking to do. Because um, this isn't your first podcast. You actually have hosted no. a podcast before called We Know You Care with our friend Davlin, uh, who's been on the show. Yes. Um, but this is kind of a different thing because this is a solo venture. Um, it's more of like a bite-sized uh, bite-sized program where you kind of, kind of give your opinion and talk a little bit, maybe like 10, 20 minutes max, I think. And then, um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of hear like everything that kind of led up to the creation of your podcast. Yeah, so like you you said, I wasn't um, unfamiliar to the whole podcasting territory, but um, we know you care. We are kind of in a hiatus mode right now, um, and I found myself towards the end of 2019 um, feeling really um, emotionally stuck and really going through a really heavy and depressive period where um, I'm diagnosed clinically with anxiety and depression. And I was just really going through a really bad spell where I ended up being hospitalized on two different occasions. And it was a really, um, it was a semi-traumatic experience, but it really helped me gain some perspective on I knew that I could not continue functioning in the way that I was. And I had to take responsibility for my emotional health. And then I started really thinking about the fact that 
not only myself, but a lot of people that I know and love in my life are dealing with their own um, emotional issues as well. That's not really talked about and it's not really focused on because a lot of my friends and family are from marginalized groups, uh, be it other Black women, non-Black people of color, people who are part of the non-binary GLBTQIA spectrum, just not getting their stories heard or felt. Because like you mentioned, there is a backlash from, um, I'll call it like woo-woo or spirituality (laughs) type um, based perspectives that it's a lot of gatekeeping there. Uh And it's all um, portrayed very, it's curated very pretentiously and very gatekeepery where it's like it's always white it's always love and light and while I'm totally for all of those things I think that it's important to explore the before and the during of someone's emotional and mental journey and the dark side because that shit is real like you're in the trenches going through a depressive spell and an anxiety written spell and you can't even get out of bed to like do normal functioning things like brush your teeth or taking a shower or eating or taking your medication and you think that somebody gives pardon my french gives a fuck about doing some meditation like we need to get basic <laughs> basic self-care incorporated in making the um making the ugly parts the front and center focus but also having it healing based and stop the gatekeeping make information available and make information attainable for regular ass people cuz that's what we are so i decided to do the chocolate hippie and it started off as just I knew I wanted to express myself, but I'm not necessarily like good at writing or blogging. And I was like, what do I know how to do? And I was like, I'm not unfamiliar with the podcasting arena. So let me use that as my tool. And so I got my phone. I downloaded a little software app that allows me to record myself and edit some stuff and upload it. And I was like, if it resonates with people, that's great. If it doesn't, that's okay too, because I'm getting my story out of there. So my goal ultimately is to connect with other people and have an open frame of dialogue with my listeners, but it's also mainly for myself. So I'm getting this stuff off of my chest because it is in an audio diary based format. And I wanted it bite-sized. I don't want an hour-long podcast about health and wellness because, again, if you're going through the trenches, you can't take on an overwhelming amount of information. So I'm keeping it bite-sized. I'm keeping it in small, uh, palatable pieces so you can get the information that you need and move on with your with your day. And hopefully it resonates with people. And it seems to have resonated with a lot of people because I've had lots of great conversations with my listeners about it. And I really, really appreciate that my story can connect with other people's uh, stories as well. That's good. That's really good. I was going to ask you, like, um, as far as like people coming in and kind of um, interacting with you on like your episodes and stuff, like, do you have a certain episode or topic that you that you kind of go for or do you like do people request like I want you to talk about like you know this or whatever or is it I mean I know you said it's mainly for yourself like how do you balance that or do you balance that at all 
I kind of do. Um, when I first started, it was just me kind of going through like old notes and journal entries and talking about different stuff. Um, some episodes are deeply personal, like the emotional eating episode. That was like totally my story. Um, and then other stuff has just been like Q and A's. Um, the, my most recent episode, I kind of just recorded daily thoughts over a week's time and edited it all together. And I'm like, that's the episode. Honestly, with everything kind of going on, it kind of rattled me in the way that I wanted to present my, my podcast. It's like you said, the world is like totally flipped upside down and you can't plan anything really. And I was like, well, just talk about, again, being authentic and talking about what's on your heart and on your spirit at the time. So I kind of just, it just depends. I'm inspired by conversations that I have with my friends and family. I'm inspired by the things that I see in the media. Um, sometimes I just do reflection on old journal entries and I'm, when I, and I want to talk about a certain topic. So it, it there's no real formula. I kind of just do what feels uh, right and authentic to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause um, I feel like I, as far as like the bites, the bite sized portion of it, I feel like that's very interesting because so many podcasts like ourselves <laughs> are fairly long. And so I do like that. Um, you kind of make it easier for people. And I know certain people um, can definitely relate. A lot of people can definitely relate. I know I'm not like clinically diagnosed with like, depression or anxiety but I definitely feel anxious throughout the day um and so just listening to your podcast is kind of it's so soothing number one and number two you have such great editing I cannot believe you record that on your phone <laughs> yeah with my iPhone <laughs> that's nuts <laughs> it sounds so professional and so like oh there's interludes and like I was like oh Libby, Libby is coming to give you content <laughs> I just want to comment um, as someone who cannot pay attention for longer than 10 seconds that I love like the format of it. And I love how, how soothing your voice is. And it's just so calming. And I get like, it just warms my heart because you are like one of the kindest person like you're one of the kindest people that I know and oh my god it's just like so soothing and that's why I was so excited to have you on our show um because you're just so awesome I feel like you're very level-headed in the face of our chaos (laughs) (laughs) although I've been out with Libby and don't let her get you a couple shots because she will do it. Don't get it twisted. Tequila's my friend. Yeah, she's like, okay, are you guys ready? You just sat down two seconds ago. Let's get shots. And I'm always like, Libby, you're going to kill me. <laughs> I've heard about the pickle shots. And like while watching this movie, I kept thinking about, ger- like, what, gherkins? Is that? The gherkins. <laughs> yes, the gherkins. <laughs> gherkins. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that leads us into, like, a good um, segue about this movie choice. So this is kind of like new territory for us because like you're basically our, our first like like interview because we've had Davlin on and we've all like we've kind of asked her like questions and stuff but not like in this format. This is kind of like more of our, our inside the actor studio um, steez. So <laughs> <laughs> which one of us is James Lipton? I don't know. We can like toss a coin but 
uh, we kind of wanted to um, pick a movie that you liked because we're always picking movies that we like or like Brittany likes and I'm like, girl, no, and <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the selection process is an interesting one, but we picked a movie that you liked, and I kind of wanted to ask, like, how this movie, um, has kind of, like, been a part of your life, and, like, what about this movie, um, which is Bridget Jones, what about this movie that you like so much, or, or is it a favorite of yours, or is it, like, kind of a near favorite? Oh, it's definitely one of my favorite movies, yes. Um, I love rom-coms. Like, my two favorite movie genres are rom-coms and horror. And, um... Brittany, that sounds like you! (laughs) I love, I love a good rom-com, because, uh, I'm so cheesy, and I'm so, um, I love campiness and cheesiness, and, and love, and camaraderie and showing the blossoming of a relationship and so someone like Bridget who is this 30 something kind of struggling to figure out what what she wants to do with her life and her love life and just just navigating through all of that stuff that's always been something that kind of connected with me because I'm this movie came out when I was like 17, 18. I was very young when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I find it funny that I related to that movie as like a 17 or 18 year old. And I'm like, girl, you didn't know shit. Wait till you hit your 30s <laughs> and you watch it. And you're the actual age of Bridget in that movie. It gives you a totally different different perspective. And it's one of those movies that's it's over the top. It's campy. It's slightly slapstick. And then it has these this one of my favorite actors, Colin Firth, oh. who's just a oh, a snack. And so <laughs> it's like it's it's a it's a cute little movie. It's one of those movies that's not too it's nothing too serious. It is what it is, but it's one of those movies that I just find very comforting and enjoyable to watch. I, I love Bridget Jones. Right. Right. I feel like the first time I heard this movie or first time I saw this movie, I had to be maybe like my early 20s. I have no idea how many times I've seen this movie. Because at one point, when I was living um, in like my first like post-grad apartment, I was watching this movie like all the fucking time. Because I, this is like one of the movies I go to when I'm like going through it like this one and like Kill Bill Volume 2. <laughs> I watch this a lot. <laughs> or I have like my Sunday movies where I'll watch like this or like Josie and the Pussycats and um, like She's All That and some like teen movies. Um, but like the more I would watch it, the more I'm like, Ooh, 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 I feel this is getting a little bit more relatable. The older I'm yep. getting. And I watched it last night and I was like, Oh God, <laughs> this is still it's full, full on relatable. When she's singing all by myself uh, while she eating that ice cream, I was like that, drinking that wine. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that. And then like when she was, Oh God, when she was, um, trying to do like her little public speaking thing at work and then trying to mingle <laughs> with people and people just looking at her like, girl, if you don't get out my face with that. I was like, yes. oh, it keeps getting more relatable the longer I go on. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I know Brittany has a couple questions about um, more movie questions. Brittany, do you want to ask those? 
Yeah. So like you kind of answer like one of the questions I had because um, it was like, uh, what are your favorite movie genres? And it's samesies for me a little bit. Um, I'm not so much of a rom-com, even though I do dabble from time to time. Um, but what do you consider like some of like your like formative films, like the films that help shape your taste in film? Oh, my goodness. I, I feel like I'm one of the wrong people to ask that question because I like some trash-ass movies. I mean, like, look who you're talking to. I know. I mean... <laughs> like, one of my, my all-time favorite movies is, like, Dirty Dancing is, like, top tier. Like, top <laughs> tier. When I tell you I can watch that movie anytime, any place, it, it holds an extremely nostalgic place in my heart. Um, Lost Boys is also one of my favorite movies. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorite uh, top ten movies. Um, the 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 standard teenager movies like the She's All That and the and the um, what's another movie that I really like? I like uh, the Breakfast Club, like the standard eighties movies. Those kind of movies, anything that's nostalgic that takes me back to a particular time and place where I was younger and things were a little bit easier, I love to escape in those movies. But I wouldn't have to say, like, my my top my top three or four movies is going to be, like, Dirty Dancing, Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Lost Boys. And I also love Hellraiser. I love the Hellraiser <laughs> franchise. Um, so, shit like that. I love movies like that. So... Okay. Oh, Rocky Horror Picture Show is another major film of mine. I also love musicals. So Little Shopper Horrors is another favorite of mine. So I kind of go all over the place. And so I don't necessarily have like a, a poignant film that I'm just like, look at this. I love this film. But uh, the super like serious or fancy. But those are the films that I that I really like and I appreciate and can watch all the time. Okay. And like, okay, what has been like your favorite like film going experience? Like in the theater, like what is like the best experience you've ever had? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> I so um as we talked about our homie Davlin, she's that girl. <laughs> um, we frequent the movie we would frequent the movies quite often um and that was one of our things that we love to do um ashley would be there as well where we would just go to the movies and just act a damn fool just we're gonna slightly ruin our your neighbor's viewing experience we're gonna be a little bit loud a little bit obnoxious but we're always doing it in fun and so for me the i love those moments where you're laughing at inappropriate times um <laughs> and just really causing a, a ruckus but i would say any any movie going experience that i've really enjoyed has been the ones where i've been hanging out with like ashley and davlin and brie and we're just in the movie theater just giggling and having fun and really enjoying that 
camaraderie while watching a film. I think that sometimes you can watch a film that's not even that great, but if you're watching it with people you love and care about, that it makes the film more enjoyable because you have things that you actually do like and care about that connects you to that experience. But I love that's one of the things like during all of this I miss going to the theater so much. The smell of the popcorn, the seedy carpeting, the running to get hot dogs that are never done. You have to wait 15 minutes for them. And just nestling up in those reclining seats and just watching a two-hour story. Those are the things that I miss the most. So I would say any experience where I'm hanging out with my friends watching the movies are are some of my favorite memories. I was about to say, because you know what? I forgot how many movies that we've actually gone to see together. Because I think the first movie we went to see together was Get Out, which was like my fault because I picked Alamo Draft House, which is like not the place to go for like a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) I love Alamo Draft House, but it's not the place to go to be like, you know, yell at the screen type of stuff or whatever. And it was like in Austin too. And I was like, why did I do that to us? But then I think the next movie we saw might have been Widows. Was it Widows? I believe so. We've seen like Get Out, Widows, um, Us. Oh yeah, we did see <laughs> Us. Um, and then we saw what was the? Oh, we saw It Chapter Two. That one was. No. <laughs> so I think we went for that for my birthday last year, and that was a t- that was a time because I think we the movie didn't even start till like eleven forty five. Because we we missed like the first showing of it, yeah, and then we had to watch a later showing, and so it was just it, it was fuckery afoot, but it was a good time. Yes, yes, that was <laughs> it was an interesting uh viewing. Because <laughs> I don't even think I don't know. I think I was on the end, and I heard Davlin from like the other side <laughs> hollering about something. <laughs> And it's hilarious because I'm like, you younger people, y'all are chaotic and you'll laugh at the older people for, for being terrified, but <laughs> it's real. It's real out here. I was just worried that we could all stay awake because I was like, uh, this movie is quite long. It's like, we ain't going to get out of here until maybe like 1.30 uh, minimum. I was quite worried about that, but we did it. We made it work. We made it work. And that kind of answered one of my questions was like, you're more of like a theater person than like, are you more of like a theater person than like a streamer? Or are you kind of like equal? I would say it's about equal. Like definitely now we have no choice but to really stream stuff. But there's, there's, again, there's something about going to the theater that is just unmatched. Like going and purchasing your ticket. Sometimes I like getting the actual physical ticket. Like mm-hmm. everything's so digital now where you can do shit on your phone. But I'm like, I appreciate getting the little uh, ticket stub and, and them scanning your little ticket and tearing it off. And then you're going in there. Like that that is fun. Um, I definitely appreciate what streaming has done for accessibility for people to be able to see things that they might not be able to have access to. But I don't think anything is comparable to actually going to the actual theater. Yeah, I think it kind of like, if, first of all, it helps me with my attention span because I have no choice but to watch this thing that is gigantic and right in front of me and is loud. Um, but yeah, I agree like the whole feeling of like sitting in the seats and stuff because like, especially... 
I'm like quarantined with like my family, with my mom, and my grandma, and then like two dogs. And so there's always something to distract me. And you sit down and you got your drink and, and your food ready. And here comes little miss asking to go out. <laughs> or my mom mm-hmm. saying, did you hear about this? Thing? And I'm just like, oh, God, like I can't just have like a, an uninterrupted moment where I can like absorb this story. So I definitely do miss that. I thought people would have their shit together a little bit faster. <laughs> we could have gone and seen the movies at least by August or September. That, that shit ain't happening. So um, I guess we're going to have to get our streaming on, um, which is still, it's still good. It's just like not the same. Just let me watch Candyman in my home if need be. Just... I don't know how I feel about that. I want her to have a good first week showing. I we can make Trolls like 2 happen for Nia. Like, let's just I make a Trolls know. 2 That's happen for it. Let's... That's for people who are like, please get my kids away from me. That's for Let's come together as a community who and let it happen. Who realize that they actually don't like their kids. <laughs> or they spouses. <laughs> They're like, oh, you talk a lot. Let me just sit you in front of this thing for hours. Because when I was a kid, I could watch the same movie on repeat for hours. Like, if you, like... Uh, I broke my VHS of Pocahontas because I would sit there and rewind it and start it all over again. I'm sure these kids may or may not do something similar in between playing Fortnite and all kinds of stuff. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I I really want her to have a good first showing because this is a this is a, like a groundbreaking thing. She's only thirty, I think. Um, and for her to be so young and have such a, like a massive um, a potential to have like a massive hit on her hands is a big deal. And I just don't want her to have like some piddly like oh, I'm gonna watch it. You know, how people be like oh, I'm gonna watch it, and then like mm-hmm. you see. On the freaking, like, Wikipedia, like, the returns are, like, $40,000 for a movie that costs, like, you know, a few million to make. So. I will walk back me talking shit about Invisible Man, that $20 for a $48 rental for Mia DaCosta's Candyman. Like, I will pay your, I will pay for your rental. (laughs) If they just let me watch it at the house. That's the, the hurdle. So I can see this film. I don't want them to release it to like you know how like Christopher Nolan's trying to get that stupid ass movie released come hell or high water. He don't give a fuck if anybody's actually gonna come watch it or not. He just wants it to be in the theater. I think I don't want them to do her like that, where it's like, yeah, we're gonna show this movie to like a theater full of like two people because that's awful and that shouldn't. I don't think she deserves that. Um, but yeah, I worry because yes. I know when people say, oh, it's twenty dollars. For two days, it's gonna be it's gonna be some bullshit. Which kills me because when you go like obviously it's not ideal. You wanna go to the actual theater, but and I think that's a really important conversation to have in regards to support. I think a lot of people we we see it all the time on our social media timelines where people are like, Oh, we need more representation or we need we need more diversity or we need more this and this and that. And you have the opportunity to get it, but then you don't want to support it. And I think that just because it's not being served to you the way that you would wanna eat it you still need to dine. And I'm like, pay your $20. If you went to the movie theater, you would pay easily. If you go into the movie and get snacks and drinks and shit, you're going to easily drop 30 bucks mm-hmm. for one night. 
Yes, it's an experience that you're sitting in and enjoying a certain type of ambiance, but what's wrong with with kind of giving that same support to someone who deserves it and is in the same way? I just, people, consumerism is weird and people are weird. And like you guys said, like people will say they'll support and they'll rent it and they won't, but I'm willing, like, hey, if you can't afford it, hey, I'll give you, I'll spot you 20 for, for you to support a, a, a young black director in one of her debuts. Like, I think something like that is important. Like, we talk about how much we want certain things, and when we have the opportunity to get it, we need to seize that in any way possible, even if that means, like, communal efforts to make sure that we can all be able to enjoy that film. Because I feel like Candyman's going to be probably one of the best movies of the year if it's given the opportunity but I I really hope that she's given that space yeah yeah I was thinking about that yesterday and I when I googled her and I was like wait hold up like this is like a this is a this is a career making movie um because yes it is a horror movie and like some things are kind of like you know horror movies are never taken that seriously um even though they might be very popular they're not taken critically seriously but I was like number one she's very young this is probably her major film debut because I think she's directed episodes of television I would say she's done like Dear White People or something and she's done a movie called Little Woods that stars Tessa Thompson and someone else yeah okay yeah so she has done a movie but it's been like more of like a I would say like like an independent that's an independent mm-hmm. movie right so yeah so this is like huge of course she's got like jordan peele's name attached which is a hot mess already because nobody realizes that's not his movie he's just producing yes. it um but like to see her be 30 um and have this movie come out and this could be groundbreaking for her it could be groundbreaking for any other black person black woman who wants to direct horror because there usually isn't um that opportunity like that's monumental and I don't want it to be like oh we just kind of tossed it up and like it's 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 a double-edged sword it's a double-edged sword but also you mentioned something um too about snacks we gotta ask yes snacks if you're a person yes pays for snacks are you a person who you know goes to the gas station like i do oh i do like, both. <laughs> i sneak in by <laughs> i love going to get some gummy snacks and putting okay them yes you do love your gummies i do i need to stop i have been overdoing it lately gotta have it you're like where my gummies at man they're so delicious man i can't help it and it's just like you know like it's a good treat it's not too messy it's not like chicken wings. I can't see chicken wings in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I love going to full service theaters, but like at the same time, I'm like, girl, I cannot see this shit. <laughs> I don't know what I'm eating. I'm just putting stuff in my mouth and be like, I think that's macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but I love a good uh, Sour Patch Kid. Yes. Um, especially if they have the, the watermelon ones. Those are really good. Oh, yeah. Um, I love... Um, M&M's peanut M&M's I love Twizzlers or hot tamales oh my god I love hot tamales like I like old people candy like Mike and Ike oh wow hot tamales, <laughs> hot tamales. Um, I like the Butterfinger 
uh, miniatures, those are good too. Those are good. But um, yes, those are like my favorite favorite candies. But like these days, I really try to go for the the Sour Patch Kids, preferably the watermelon if they have those. those are really okay. Good, so don't judge me, but okay. feel free to judge. Okay. Okay. Oh no. Sour Patch Kids with pickles. What, Brittany? What are we talking about? <laughs> As a movie snack, with, no. good. I'm with you. With a Dr. Pepper, <laughs> bitch. Ooh. So you're just trying I'm to burn with... your taste buds off. It's I'm so good. <laughs> the sweet with the sour. Yes. That crunch the, the from the pickle. Oh. Yes. That's when you kind of got to put your finger on the back of your neck like, oh, God. <laughs> right <laughs> in your ear. <laughs> mm-hmm, like, mm. That's good. Oh my god. That's good. Oh my god. Oh, you could put like the the sour patch kids in the pickle, like yep, mm. inside of it. Oh yeah. This is. I learned that awesome. at the movies. At the movies. At the. Can movies. you buy a pickle at the movies? I yeah. did. Okay. I don't do I don't do pickles, so <laughs> like I didn't know this is like a thing that you could do. I don't really be venturing Wait. past like the the icy machine. Do you not like pickles? I'm not a pickle person. I'll eat them like, like if it comes with a sandwich, for instance, I had that Popeye's chicken sandwich and I was like, please give me the pickles. But like, um, and like a general, like I sit down with a pickle straight. No, you'll never catch me. Oh, oh hell yeah. Be like, let me just get a pickle. Like, oh, just like, I yes. got a pickle. I got a pickle. I got a pickle. Hey, hey. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's. God. Me, oh man! Oh no! Actually, pickles are like life. I know they sell them <laughs> at the fair and stuff, and people like. And I think they used to sell them at like school. And I always be like, "Oh no, that's not that's not my ministry. I'm not gonna stop you from getting the pickle, but like, you don't have to offer me any because you don't have to worry about oh that ever. Put the Kool Aid in it, or a hot Cheeto, or something sour inside. Like literally, stuff it inside the body of the pickle. Mm. Mm. <laughs> or fun dip where oh. you just dip it in the fun dip oh my oh. god are you serious <laughs> yes it's crazy shit a fun dip but never a pickle you're missing out right <laughs> you're from Texas like best man pickles is like a staple here I was trying to tell Brittany I was like we should have taken you to the fair because you could have got yourself a pickle <sighs> she could have got herself a nice pickle possibly a Kool-Aid pickle Oh yes, mm, my God! I'm pretty sure somebody at the fair sells them. I can't remember where, but or a pickle smell cone—that's a bop too. <laughs> now where they gonna... put all this pickle juice over these finely shaved Ooh, ice. Oh, I love and ice, get... and oh, and you get pickle pickle chunks in there too. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, that's out. In 2022, you want to come back? <laughs> Because the fair is canceled. That's done. But like, you know. <laughs> it's canceled. It's done. It's canceled. It's over. But, you know, and, you know, once it's like safe to venture out amongst the folk, amongst the common folk, uh, yeah, you can get yourself a pickle. And a pickle icy. Oh, that sounds so delicious. Texas pickle. Oh. Mm. And then, <laughs> this sounds so good. I'm like, Excited. Yeah, now I want to pick my mouth watery. <laughs> She's got a mouth wide open. <laughs> okay. And then my 
last question, Libby, is what kinds of movies would you like to see more of? What kind of movies do you want to see like less of? Um, I would love to see more movies centered around Black female friendships that aren't chaotic or <laughs> that involve like some type of cheating scandal or some no account ass man I really feel like black female friendship is such a beautiful thing that's not always properly represented on film and I think because representation matters so much if people don't see it it's not normalized and so a lot of people don't think that it exists I think a lot of people feel like women are always at each other's necks and it's always, you know, crabs in a barrel mentality. And yes, that can be true um, about a lot of things, but I don't think that that Black female friendship is truly represented the way it should be. And we need to see more films in that regard and even more Black coming-of-age films. Um, You have a few that are out there, like I know when I was younger, I used to love like Crooklyn, um... And something, something like that. But those are very few and far in between to really see uh, Black coming of age in movies. And even like Black futuristic movies. Like, I just want to see more people that look like me on film having experiences in all spectrums, be it the, the funny, the dramatic, the sad, the serious, all in, in, in all, in all lenses. I feel like it's very one-sided where you see the same tropes over and over and over again. Um, I personally don't want to see any more slave movies. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. We understand. Um, Cause the, because most of the time they're not done right. It's always inaccurate. They never they never go there like they should. So I'm like, if you're not going to do that, then just stop. Um, so I don't want to see any more slave movies. I don't want to see any more um, bro movies where it's just like gratuitous and, and, and disgusting and over, you know, m- movies that are meant totally for the male gaze. In that same token, I would love to see a uh, an R-rated comedy with a whole bunch of women in it, especially if they were black and brown women. That would be funny as well. Like we've seen like a bajillion movies like that with 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 dudes, so why can't girls uh, be grimy like that too? But overall, I just want to see more movies that represent the true um, experience of of black people specifically black women and black culture just overall yeah i think when we started this podcast like our first episode was for house party and i was like i would love to see more of these kind of movies that are like fun that aren't i mean i don't have a problem with like drama and conflict and trauma in a excuse me in a movie but um it just seems like there's not a lot of comedies there's not really a lot of romances. Um, I feel like the last romance. Oh, well, we we talked about this earlier this year. We watched If Bill Street Could Talk, and then oh, that's we beautiful. Movie. Talked about um, the photograph, which I never watched. I, I there was mixed. <laughs> See, like there's a lot of mixed opinions about that movie, um, but it's not really that common, like good or bad. There's not really 
as many of those as I think that there could be. Um, coming of age is kind of weird too. Um, I feel like stateside we don't get a lot. I feel like in other countries there are more, but then they those kind of have weird like endings or like something's off about them sometimes. Uh, yes. Um, I watched one that was really I liked it until the very end. It's called Divines. It's on Netflix. It's like a French movie and I feel like the woman who directed it is is Romani um and so she was talking a lot about sort of that whole thing and like one of the um the girl's friend was black and and there was a lot of black characters in there and then I was like wait (laughs) and then at the last minute shit went left and I was like why would you do that (laughs) why would you do that I was having such a good time I was having such a good time but um I agree. I feel like there could be more, and I don't have, I mean, I don't want it to be, I feel like sometimes when people say representation, they, they, they will skew towards movies that they, that feels more like, like this is, this could be a white movie, but it's with black people in it. And I don't yes. want that either because some of these things that people are like, oh yeah, this is, I was like, this is not my life at all. <laughs> this is not my life. In the slightest, if anything, my life is slightly skewing towards movies that are, like, considered, like, stereotypical in a way. So I was like, yeah, no, this ain't it either (laughs) for me personally. um, I wish there was more of, like, a balance for sure between the movies that are made um, and the movies that we're getting. Because, yeah, I feel like right now they're kind of picking from, like, the same crop of people. And I'm like, I don't know about this either. And that's and that's another discussion too because it's like we we're black people are not a monolith and like you say the the word representation is such a loaded term and it's like we're not even we're not even given the opportunity to have bad movies to properly critique them it's almost like we have to grasp at anything that shows a black face because we don't know when we're going to get it again. And I don't believe that we're able to have the experience of looking at a black film fully and wholly, even with a critical eye, because if you criticize it too much, then you're crucified because it's like, why, why are you talking about this movie? Blah, blah. It has the representation that you wanted and it's not good enough. And it's like, no, we need to have a a choice. Of, we need to have more options of the type of story, Black stories that are being told. Who's writing these stories and who's presenting these stories, and and made for different age groups and different because we're we're not all a monolith. And I feel like you said they're just grabbing. It's like the same tropes, the same group of people that make the same type of films over and over and over again for a very specific audience and not all sides of black representation um has a light shined on it and i think that that's that's not fair to the the black viewer we deserve to be able to watch a movie and say you know what that that ain't that ain't what's it or this movie's really great or this is what i liked about this movie what this is what i didn't like about this movie so I think that's why I feel like this podcast that you ladies are doing is so important because you're you're shining a light on films, some films that like 
some of the films you've reviewed, I've never heard of, and I never would have seen had you guys not talked about them. And they've become some of like my favorite movies. And so I think that that's important that you guys are able to, two black female perspectives, two opposite perspectives, but they, they give you, you, it has the opportunity to really showcase filming films as a whole from different perspectives, which we don't get a lot of. So you guys are doing really good work in, in that same vein. So hopefully we can see more movies in the future that show different sides of the Black experience. You guys are playing a huge part of that. I don't think that you guys know that. Aww. <laughs> I feel so... What's that emoji with the big eyes? Or just like... Puppy dog eyes. But seriously, I mean that. I mean that shit for real. I hope you oh. guys. I'm always like, hey, let us review your shit. Because <laughs> who you got reviewing stuff don't know what they talking about. <laughs> I thought, yes. I like it's a black movie. Oh, gosh. You, Brittany, Brittany listens to more movie podcasts than I do. I had one that was kind of cool and then they stopped making it and I was really devastated um and they were both white but they had kind of a good overall perspective obviously they can never have like a self you know like if we're talking about like soul food or something like they're not gonna really have like the first-hand <laughs> knowledge of that but they have like a good sort of they had good understanding it wasn't like well we don't know who this is and I'm like and like they they had a good like well-rounded perspective of things but like some people i'm like oh like i heard britney talk about them they're like oh like you can clearly say you don't know any black people do you (laughs) like (laughs) and you're allowed to give opinions oh no (laughs) and get and get praise for it that's the crazy thing yeah that's the thing that's wild it's like there's not enough there's not enough diversity. There's not enough representation. We need a full scope. And so it's like, that's why I'm like, this podcast is so important because some you, you ladies could have very well inspired someone else to create a movie podcast from their perspective. So we keep getting different viewpoints of film. It's like, you, some, it's just weird. It's like, it's not to say that people that are not Black can can review black movies but it's like you could tell when it's when they not when it's not hitting it's like you don't have anybody to put their hand on your shoulder and say this is not it chad don't say <laughs> it's always a chad isn't it <laughs> it's always a chad <laughs> oh speaking of podcasts before i forget i would want to say shout out to the girls from girls interrupted um i forget i think it's shannon and, and annie um, I worked, I listen to that one more frequently now since my other one got canned, but, um, Shannon is a black girl from Houston. She's from the H. Um, and I've, you know, had like conversations with her and her podcast, um, she hosts it with her friend, Annie, who lives in California. Annie's a white girl. Shannon's black. So it's very interesting to listen to their podcast and I think they reviewed ATL and Shannon had to give her <laughs> okay. Shannon had to give her a little backstory on some things. I was like, I see you girl, I see you. But then also like at one episode they talked about um American Honey, which is like a movie I enjoy, but I also have it was like I had questions about, like I had a little 
little Squidward moment of like, oh, is this like, what are we doing here? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's very nice to see, like to hear another black girl being like, okay, I like this movie, but this shit right here is a little bit like sus and it made me feel away. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Because like nobody else I had, like everybody else who had talked about the movie obviously said it was great, but like there were some things I was like, did we not like these white kids? <laughs> did we not? <laughs> certain things about these kids like it don't it don't curl all the way over did we not go talk about that but yeah i like that whole thing if there's more like black girl podcasts that talk about movies i would totally listen to them i'm actually really bad at listening to podcasts right now um it doesn't hit the same when you don't have a commute yeah <laughs> anybody who's still listening yes. to us like shout out to y'all because like we've been talking for a while and i know just sitting there at your desk is kind of like girl if y'all don't be quiet <laughs> there's so many podcasts i was like up on i'm like oh i haven't listened to this in like a month so but yes thank you so much for saying that about us anytime somebody gives us a little bit of attention i'm like oh my god (laughs) give me more more. please love us please love me so i guess we can start talking about bridget jones yes (laughs) We have. <laughs> Let's talk about Miss Bridge, my girl Bridge. Yeah. So, like we said at the top of the, at the top of the episode, we said that um, we wanted to give Libby the chance to pick the movies since we're always picking movies. Um, and I said this is one of my favorites. It is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's very interesting because, like, I'm not a white girl from London in the '90s, so. Like, why would I find this relatable or whatever? Um, But like I said, just getting older and watching this and being like, oh, okay, it's so nice to see a fuck up like me. (laughs) It's so wonderful to see a fuck up because I feel like now, like Bridget's not a mean girl. And I feel like that's becoming the thing because like, Obviously, we're two black girls. So, like, from my perspective, seeing this white woman, a lot of, like, white women characters who are, like, kind of, like, anti-heroes are kind of mean. And that's kind of been the trend now. And don't get me wrong. I love a mean bitch. But, like, that's becoming people's idea of, like, empowerment in some ways. And it's kind of off-putting. Um... Because there's a lot of, like, self-centeredness. And I'm like, don't worry. Y'all got that already. Like, y'all don't have to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's baked in. Like, you don't have to tack that on to anybody's women empowerment brunch or anything. Like, that's that's good. You're good for that. But, like, I love Bridget because she's just trying to figure it out. And she's fucking up along the way. And she doesn't mean to, like, hurt anybody's feelings or, um... She's not doing anything maliciously, necessarily. She's just trying to, like, get her shit together. Um, well, also, just firmly just never having it together, ever. And she's just a great comfort to me. I agree. Like, totally. <laughs> so I guess, um, t- customarily, we would do, like, the, you know, what's this movie about? So, like I said, um, this is about a woman named Bridget Jones. She is a... A woman in her early 30s living in 1990s London. Um, I think when this movie came out, it was like 2001. But I believe when the first book came out, because this is based on a book character, I want to say it was like 96 or 97. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so she was kind of named like the quintessential British um, girl in the 90s, which was kind of like she's trying to um, she's trying to kind of live out like I don't want to say like have it the have it all life, but like, you know, she wants to have a good career, but she also wants to fall in love and get married. She's got a weird home life um, as far as her parents go, but she's got like um She's also got, like, kind of, like, her chosen family, I would say, like, her, um, I don't know. Did she call them her urban family? I forget what she called them. Like, basically her friends that she kind of kicks it with um, in the city because her parents don't live in London. They live somewhere outside of it. Um, And she's kind of trying to, like, make, (laughs) she's trying to make headway in her career. She's trying to make headway in her love life. And she just cannot get it right. Um, And so she decides to start this diary and the whole book is in diary form, which I love. That's why I end up um, reading the books eventually. I love that kind of, that diary style. I feel like you get like the innermost, because it's just them describing things to you. You don't have to all the all the bullshit descriptions of like the scenery and shit like that. Like you just get the straightforward, <laughs> which I love that. Because <laughs> um, once you get into like the extra, extra, I'm like, oh, I can't, my brain can't really... I can't grasp on any more of this. I'm closing the book. But, um, so yeah, she starts this diary to kind of, I don't know, I guess it's not therapy, but like, she's just trying to like keep track of, of all her shortcomings, I want to say, throughout the year and just kind of get better, like better herself over the year um, and like hold herself accountable because into her, her perspective, she drinks too much, she smokes too much. She's overweight, which I was like, girl, this is a good, nice weight that you were at. But perspective, (laughs) I guess, if I was 133 pounds, girl, I'd be singing. But, you know, perspective. So um, she's she's basically trying to keep this diary to keep track of her, of herself and make herself better. And over the years, um, she gets into some um, (laughs) romantic entanglements. And <laughs> why? Why? Thank you so much, Jada. Thank you so much. I feel like you should. I don't want to say copyright that, but like I don't know if you should put on some merch. People are already putting it on some merch. Um, but thank you for giving us that word, girl, that term to describe an entanglement <laughs> or some sort of affair. Um, and it's also worth noting that this book, this character, and this whole like plot is basically an updated version of Pride and Prejudice for um, the modern day era, which is very mm-hmm. popular in the 90s. A lot of books, or sorry, a lot of movies are based off of old literary novels, which I, mm-hmm. I really want to do as a theme one day because like we could pick from a bunch and they're mostly teen comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, we got you. Yeah. We're going to talk about Clueless one day. <laughs> We're gonna talk about Clueless one day. We're gonna talk about She's All That one day. We're gonna talk about what's the other one? What's the one? Um, Ten Things I Hate About You. There's another yes. one I can't remember. Of course, we talk about Othello. We don't need to talk about that. We don't need to talk about O, ever. <laughs> what? That's a good movie. That movie freaked me out when I was younger. Oh God. Oh, that shit gave me nightmares. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, gave you nightmares? What? And he like choked her out. Remember, he was like a ma- yeah. That shit freaked me out, and I was like, no, that's for a, a youth. 
I think I had to be like in in junior high when I saw that. I was like watching it at my friend's house, and I was like, no. It is quite dark. I was like, we can cut that off today. I don't need to see any more. We're good. So um, it freaked me out a lot. But yeah, I I think for Bridget, and this being a base off of literary novel, um, it makes it way more fun, number one, because if you don't kind of modernize that stuff, that stuff can get very dry. Um, and of course, they did a really cool thing where they took the Mark Darcy character, the Mr. Darcy, turned him into Mark Darcy and hired Colin Firth, who actually became hugely uh, popular by playing Mr. Darcy in like a mid-90s version of Pride and Prejudice where he gets like dunked in... He has a wet t-shirt moment. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Had to... Oh, never mind. I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have them things, Brittany? Did he have them things? He had them things. He was a little damp, just... He's a little damp. Very curly hair, I think. Did he have curly hair? He had really intense sideburns, but they also referenced in this movie. Because them sideburns were (laughs) down here. They were hanging on that jaw, man. Mm Mm-hmm. I love Colin Firth. Mm. I think that should be said right now. Yes. I've heard you say some things about Colin Firth too, Livy. Oh, he's like, he's peak. He's very attractive. I like his snootiness. Like he's, he's especially in, in this film specifically, he's so, he's, he borders on rude. Like he's he very persnickety. Is. He is. Um, <laughs> he's very persnickety. He's very pretentious and he's rude, but he's fine. And so that's where we go right. into our toxic relationships. <laughs> so we go into bird behavior <laughs> Because I think, but I love him, Daddy. I love him. Because <laughs> I think in the original, in the original Pride and Prejudice, because um, I've watched the TV version, I've also watched the version that um, that Carrie Fukunaga directed. No, not Carrie Fukunaga. Um, oh, it's not him, but it's the one with uh, with Kira Knightley. Carrie Fukunaga directed. Um, was it like Wuthering Heights or something like that? I forget. Um, but this is one with Kira Knightley and Homeboy <laughs> from Succession, and it's like one of the. I guess it's like one of the 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 most not the most talked about, but it's kind of like the most memorable parts where he's trying to tell her that he really digs her, but also he cannot help but like insult her in the same t- in the same breath because he's like, I mean, despite everything with your raggedy ass mama and like. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of talk a lot, but and you kind of dress weird. But like, I mean, you're great. <laughs> like, in the original, he asked her to marry her, and she's like, "Um, no, I won't be doing that. That's fine. Let's end this here." Because <laughs> I was like, "Girl, why would she? Like, why would she? You just like told her that your whole family is trash. But I would love to marry you." As long as we never have to see your family again. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> so he's, he's way better in this movie and in the book. Um, because Bridget basically is like, oh my God. But we also have to talk about her other entanglement. Oh, yeah. Which is Hugh Grant. Or not Hugh, yeah, Hugh Grant. Who? Yes, it's Hugh Grant. I don't, so 
Hugh Grant, before this, he was kind of known for playing more like bashful English, like very English characters where he was kind of shy. He had this weird haircut. It was not. He had like the like the print like the print you know the Devin Sawa he had That's the Devin Sawa. That's what I was gonna say. But his kind of had a weird. His had a weird sort of like a like a like a wave to it that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. I he, see where he was trying to go, but he wasn't getting there fast enough. He had he had the Devin Sawa. He had that. He had the JTT. He had the Leo. He. His was just British. That's that's what, the difference. It was a British version, a white British version of <laughs> of whatever you call the Devon Sala. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, if y'all can picture, back- if y'all are old enough to know who Devon Sala was back he in the day, was. if y'all seen Casper, 1995, when Casper turned into a real boy. Why would you say was? Brittany, why you say was like he died? <laughs> His career. <laughs> he has a. Does he, he's in stuff. Not like he used to be. But I think he's still. The last him. movie he was in was Fanatic, which I watched oh. because of my man. But. Who was your man? Not don't Lawrence. worry about it. Oh, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Whoa. No, we do know this, though. We've talked about Blowout. She's talking about. <laughs> Jonathan. Um. But held on to them soup cans. Boop. <laughs> boop boop. Um, but that's the last thing he was in. So that career over. Um, but if y'all know who that is, y'all Google him and y'all see that the little little thing, little 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 y'all know that cut. That's what you if had you, back in the if day. If you don't know who Devin Sowell is, just watch Titanic and watch Leonardo DiCaprio. Because I'm pretty sure he... Google any white man in the 90s that has that haircut. Yeah, any poppin' white man in the 90s. You got that writer strong. Yes, or if you watch Boy Meets World. I mean, this is easy to find, (laughs) y'all. There are actually Tumblr gift sets and picture sets that have this. I I know because I have reblogged it. So, um, (laughs) yes. Whatever that haircut is, Hugh Grant had it, but like... He was more of like a kind of like a like the bumbling sort of like super romantic because he was in Notting Hill. He was in what four weddings and a funeral, and he was in something else. He was in like a lot of like really popular romantic mm-hmm. comedies, a romantic. Yes, drama. he was. Yes, and um, I don't know what happened, but he flipped that because I ain't seen him be romantically inclined since. <laughs> Um, because he got caught with that prostitute. Yeah, he had a scandal <laughs> in uh, yeah, he's like, I'm a bad boy. Yeah, yeah, and he was what he was, um, engaged to like Liz Hurley, mm-hmm. and that was probably seen as like a weird mismatching. I mean, he was really popular, but also like she's a fucking supermodel, mm-hmm. so that, yeah, ever since then, he really hasn't been because he was in what I think in this movie and about a boy, I think they came out the same year or year apart and he was a dick in both of them and i haven't really seen him be music and lyrics is popping oh yeah i forgot music and lyrics yeah but i think that might be the last one um yeah that's the last one was was um 
what's that movie? What's that spy movie? The Man from Uncle. He oh, I erased that from my memory. So okay, so um, he's in that movie very briefly, but it's like it's a spy <laughs> movie, so it's not it's not it's, there's no time for like real romance or whatever. But um, mm. y'all tried to make a movie from the goddamn Man from Uncle. I've never mm. seen that. Is that like a... Is that it's like a, a TV show from the six. Like, it's a TV show my father grew up with. And y'all were like, yeah, we're going to do this now. Like, girl, y'all should have did that when, like, Get Smart came out or whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> the man from Uncle in yeah. 2015? The fuck? No. But anyway, I digress. Henry looked really good in that movie. I have to Oh, say. White Jesus? Yeah. That's not White Jesus. That's somebody else, isn't it? Oh, wait. Are you, are you, wait. Henry Cavill, White Jesus. Oh, yeah, because Superman is White Jesus, isn't he? Yeah. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, in this movie, uh, Hugh Grant plays this guy named Daniel Cleaver, who is Bridget's boss. They work at a publishing company together, and he is just a huge dick. Um, But she's into him, unfortunately trifling she should have killed him i don't think he's based i think his character in pride and prejudice is based off that one guy who ends up marrying elizabeth's like little sister and like causing a huge scandal because she's like 14 or some shit (laughs) what he like whisked her away. Like he just swoops in and was like, "We getting married." But I, he was like a disgraced general. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, he, it's a whole lot. Cause in the original, she has a bunch of sisters, and him, her mama, who is just as raggedy as she is in this movie, is trying to marry them off. But they're not well to do enough to marry off to like people with like good stature and standing. Um, oh, in this bro. movie, she doesn't have any siblings. Even though I think in the book she has a brother, they got rid of him. They yeeted him. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they never. You him are making me glad that I wasn't born in like old time. Well, obviously, we yeah, you our, know. Our, our obviously, <laughs> our it would be different for different. everybody in old timey <laughs> England <laughs> on this podcast. I mean, you could but, have, you know, I was going to say Belle, but never mind. Never mind. You know, obviously. Obviously. Different about, for everybody. <laughs> but let's say, let's say, like, nobody would be like, yeah, let's marry off your daughter. They'd be like, uh-uh, no, no. Like, uh-uh. Well, that's how you got money. Because like, we can't, go to school. we cannot accept this. Mm-mm. We cannot accept this. Well, they weren't going to go off to school, so they weren't going to hold down jobs, so they wouldn't do anything, and you couldn't, like, you basically had to use your daughters, and, like, I mean, of course, like, your sons would marry off to, like, good-standing people as well, or, you know, what all of that, but, but basically, like, you weren't going to get any money. Like, you're the guy with the money, <laughs> so, like, if, if you can marry up, then that's all they could really do, and I forgot, like, their dad was really old, too, so, like... There's a whole lot going on, so her mother was stressed. But, yeah, um, it's a whole thing. But I think his character is basically supposed to be that guy who, like, comes and marries her sister, like, randomly. And he's kind of, like, a shady character. And they run away together, and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, they, she does take some liberties to make it uh, a little bit more 
modern uh, Helen, Helen Fielding does. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie is kind of, it's very, first of all, it takes place in a year. I think I mentioned that um, from like New Year's Day to slightly after New Year's, I feel, um, where she meets Mark Darcy at a party at his parents' house. Um, they're both wearing really ugly outfits. Bro. <laughs> like, hers was like a weird, it looked like upholstery, but it was a vest. Yeah, I think it was like a vest and skirt set. <laughs> <laughs> she it, looked, it like, looked very much like a couch. Well, her mom yes. made her wear it. She was like, I got a fit for you upstairs, Bridget. Go put it on. See, you see how your mother will play you like that. Like, why would you, like, if you're trying to set your daughter up, if you're trying to get a son-in-law, why do you think dressing her like a couch would be the, the way to do that? Like, it's not even a sexy couch. It's not even, like, a leather couch. Like, like you shade. have her... <laughs> a shade lounge couch. <laughs> <laughs> you have her dressed like a bit my couch. Like, why? <laughs> like, why? Oh I think he wouldn't know better. He had, like, a reindeer sweater on. They had and like it, a oh. nose. It was like Rudolph. And it wasn't even like an <laughs> ugly sweater party either. It was like no, regular. it wasn't an ugly sweater. It was just like, this is what your mom thought that you, a handsome lawyer from London, <laughs> mm-hmm. would should wear as like a, a thing to attract people. Mm. Oh, before we continue, I should say that we didn't even talk about Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger plays Bridget. That was like a huge thing um, when she was casted because she is a um, American woman. She is from Katy, Texas, so she had to have the accent. And I think when people were kind of, um, Brittany wants to say, go ahead, Brittany, say what you want to say. I know you want to say. I was telling Ashley yesterday that Renee had a nice. It's Tuesday, isn't it? She did it really well. And I'm very proud of myself for being able to do. It's Tuesday, isn't it? It's Tuesday, isn't it? (laughs) I fucking love that that TikTok. I know that our friends uh, across the pond were not happy. Please don't stop listening to us. We just found it very cute. I also like the tweet that says... uh, British people be like, Black Lives Matter. Matter. <laughs> that shit sent me. <laughs> They're good oh, tweets. Man. They're good tweets. It's the truth. Not everybody speaks like that, but a good number. A good number. <laughs> but Bridget, or at least Renee Zellweger, they didn't want her. They didn't want anybody who wasn't British. They didn't want anybody who wasn't like overweight quote-unquote which i don't know what the hollywood version of that would look like like this she's not she is a like a regular person like she looked like yeah. people they would they <laughs> child child <laughs> They was talking to Bridget like they would talk about Bridget like she was just a straight up booger wolf, and they'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck 
is happening? Like, what? What are they talking? Like, what are they talking about? And it's just like, oh, she fat. And I was like, wait, is she, she supposed to be not. ugly because she's fat and she's not fat? Like, what is hap? What is happening? I forget what, what is going on in this is. film. I forget what her description is in the book because, like, it's all from her perspective. So, like, you don't really get like a, you know, like she was a five five blonde alabaster skin like you don't get that but like (laughs) you don't get one of those descriptions of her but um i guess because she had described herself as being overweight and stuff like i don't think she was supposed to be she wasn't a supermodel or whatever but she wasn't somebody who was like a cave troll (laughs) they acted like she was like every time like they were walking to the room she's like ah i was like what the fuck what are you doing like, it's a scene later yeah. in the movie, and they were like, something happened, and they were like, oh, I thought she was thin. I was like, what the fuck is going right. on? Right, that bitch. Right. And that's so funny, because Renee Zellweger, I think, is naturally thin, because she gained, like, 17 pounds for this, I think. And she really worked on her accent. Oh, people are also mad because she wasn't single. She was engaged at the time. She was engaged, which I think. Like, girl, to, it's acting. Jim Carrey, I forgot that even happened. Oh, yeah, me, myself, and Irene. Yeah, that must have been a time. <laughs> I cannot imagine being engaged to Jim Carrey. Mm-mm. That's 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 patience. I feel like you have to have some patience, maybe. He seems like a very do nice you, man, but also any do comedian, you have to listen to like them impressions? Like, I watched do- a, a CBS Sunday Morning <laughs> interview with him like last week or something. And he was talking about, I guess he has written a book, like a novel, but like it's low-key, like a memoir at the same time. And um, yeah, he went into one of his impressions, which cracked me up because I was like, damn, I haven't seen a Jim Carrey thing in like forever. And they were talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and some other stuff. And I was like, but I don't know if I could actually sit there and like, like I have to wake up next to you being ridiculous. Like if you like turned over... And like Bay was like smoking, I was like, "Fuck it, we get a divorce." Like we can no, just no. pulling one of those faces, like like a glove, like no, I could not, no. I could not hear you doing like an Ace Ventura, and he probably doesn't do that shit. He actually seems pretty me- mellow. He's a lot older than he was, obviously. Um, but like, like, I was just thinking, like, in just <laughs> we just talked about comedians, like in our last episode or last couple episodes, and I was like, "Girl, I don't know if I could do it." Mm-mm. I'm Mm-mm. keeping it really PG right now, but <laughs> what's going Wait. on in my head? It's like chaos. <laughs> what are you? What are you thinking? I'm not gonna say. It. I'll say it later. But oh, you're gonna forget. <laughs> I always gotta remind you, like two weeks later, when I remember to ask you. <laughs> but <sighs> I guess for Renee, like they really gave her hell, and apparently, like when she first started, she I think she hired like. Gwyneth Paltrow's dialect coach from Shakespeare in Love, which I've never seen Shakespeare in Love. I don't think I Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> See that that kind of shit makes me enjoy being black. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but she I guess she had like a really like sort of like a queen, like a like a she had the wrong accent. Like she was having some issues at the beginning, and then she she nailed it the whole way through. And I think she didn't stop talking like that until they wrapped, just to keep herself 
in it so she didn't slip in and out of her accent and stuff. It probably helped too. Um, Cause you know, people kind of look at you funny if your accent sounds weird. So I guess she just stayed in it to like make sure she was doing it right the whole time. Um, is she got nominated for an Oscar for this? Mm-hmm. What? I believe so. Yes, she got nominated for Best Actress for this and wow. for Chicago. So she got nominated three times in a row. Or sorry, twice in a row. And then she got nominated for Best Supporting Actress the following year for Cold Mountain. Again, this is one of my favorite movies, but an Oscar nom? I don't know who she was no. up against. That's what I was like, what was going on in 2001? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What were the other choices? I mean, y'all know I don't really see it for the Oscars. Um ever so <laughs> and I will let them know I don't know I'm gonna look but oh my God. <laughs> I'm gonna come back I'm gonna come back but Mark she meets Mark at the her mom's New Year's Day thing because her mom is trying to like set him up like her mom is persistent like her mom is like yo yeah, you need them eggs cracked I need those um, grandkids. Like, let's get it popping. You are 32 years old. You cannot be a spinster. We need this to work. And I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, yeah. while watching this, this is my first time ever seeing this film ever. And I watched it after a night alone with my thoughts. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. 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 Okay, let's see what Bridget chose. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Wait, do I got you? No, I don't got you. And I was like, okay, wow. Okay, wow. They are really trying hard for this. Um, So she did not. Oh, I feel like we've kind of nicely progressed past some of these. Some of these conventions because like although sometimes too I'm on the internet I'm like y'all do know that 30 years old or 32 or 33 is really not old at all (laughs) no okay I do got y'all okay you know who won it was Halle Berry but she was up against Halle Berry from Monsters Ball Judy Dench and Iris girl if I was up against Judy Dench I'd be like here you can have it um she was up against Nicole Kidman from Moulin Rouge and Sissy Spacek for In the Bedroom Oh, she was up against okay. a lot of people. You know what this kind of reminds me of is when, um, when, um, what's her name was nominated for Bridesmaids. Who was nominated for Bridesmaids? Um, oh, Melissa McCarthy. Wait, yes. was she nominated? Oh, she was. Yeah. She was nominated oh. for Best uh, Supporting Actress. That's cute. It's weird because you know the Oscars never give anybody outside of drama. Any no, sort of that's why I thought that's so weird that Renee was nominated. Right. That's what I was like, what? But then also they put her up against fucking Judy Dench and like, I mean, the, the Monsters Ball, I have a feelings about that. <laughs> but like, that's, that's also big, weird, but yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole nother episode. But like, <laughs> that is pretty interesting that they put her against that. But I guess, I don't know. You know, the Oscars loves a, a good accent. That's not your natural accent. Like Morris <laughs> They do. They really do. Um, yeah, her mama's going hard. Her mama is also a mess because her mama's relationship with her father is kind of in a weird spot. Um, 
Because she said her daddy don't pay attention to her ass. She lonely. Yeah, she's like, I want more attention. Love me. Her mother is a hot ass mess. A total hot like, mess. Casual <laughs> racism <laughs> for her mom. Oh, I was my like, oh, why did you say it? Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. She just yes. made a flap tongue. I'm like, okay, damn bitch. <laughs> but at this party, she's talking to Mark and like she thinks he's cute, but then the the, the little sweater kind of turns her off. He's kind of standoffish. He don't really know how to talk to people. And then they're talking about like she's like, oh, I was like in London. Like, are you staying with your parents? And she was like, I was at a party and kind of hungover. Like she's talking too much, basically. <laughs> she's telling way too much for business. And then she's like, oh yeah, my New Year's resolution is to like stop talking so much and drink less and. <laughs> But she's also, and smoke less too, I think. Mm-hmm. She's just saying all these things. He's just kind of like, girl, I don't know what to do with all this information. And I'm like, also saying, I don't really know what he's supposed to do with all this He's just staring at her like she's stupid. He's just like very much just, you know, basic niceties. He's just staring at her. And she has this, this verbal diarrhea and, and further putting her foot in her mouth. She's being typical Bridget. Yeah. But he's like, he's just looking at her like, you dummy hell. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I wonder too, like, because I think like British people are always talking about how like that's one of the things about their like culture is like we don't really have a lot of like open emotions with people especially when we first meet you like we don't really know you like that and i i'm like okay okay i see but like bridget just seems like she's cut from a different cloth entirely <laughs> well she will tell you what's ever on her mind like right then yes and just be like bridget no 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 bridget bridge bridge bring it back bring it down to like a <laughs> two please <laughs> like she's very endearing even though when she says something really stupid i'm like okay girl Let's bring it back down. But the main thing that happens during the party is, like, she overhears him shitting on her to his mother. <laughs> like, the fuck out of her. Ooh, like, wee. called her, like, a verb. What? She said verbal diarrhea who who smokes like a chimney, dresses like a spinster. And he calls her a spinster. Yeah, so she dresses like a spinster and, and somebody about, like, looks like her mother, acts like her mother. And I was like, God damn. And she's like, oh, this curry turkey is amazing. <laughs> like, how you save face like that? I was like, oh, my God. He was so mean. He was so mean. Yeah, but I was like, damn, it's not her fault that you had to be put in your stupid-ass sweater. <laughs> she's also dressed like a couch cushion. Y'all should, like, link up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And her poor little all-by-myself rendition where she's just in her apartment. Watching Frasier and having a moment. Because that interaction at the party was pretty much like the catalyst for her saying that she wants to change and she doesn't want to live her life like this anymore. And so she starts trying to like work out and, and, you know, lose weight and not drink as much and smoke as much, which was one of the things that in a later watch bothered me that a man being an asshole was the catalyst for you to want to do just be a better version of yourself. Yeah. That's one of the things, like, that's one of the things that wore off, like, watching it as, like, 36-year-old me. I was like, oh, no, we would have been fighting at that party, yeah. me personally. But 
that was what sparked the the fire in Bridget for her to really want to change. Yeah, she doesn't want to die alone. It's her other thing. She doesn't want to be found three years or what she said three days later, half eaten by wild dogs. I was like, where are you gonna find wild dogs in, in London, child? I know you got foxes and stuff. Wild dogs. The dogs eating face off. <laughs> Just laid up in your empty apartment, dead, because they nobody thought to look for you. And I was like, your friends want to look for you? <laughs> like, what? What? But she decides to, like, start this whole thing with the diary and keeping track of her, uh, how much she drinks and how much she smokes, and she's trying to be honest about it. We hear, um, we meet her friends. I don't remember all her friends' names. I only remember Sh- um, Sharon. They call her Shazza. But she's got two friends, no, three friends. Um, one who he's like, in, she's like the head of investments at like a bank, but she's crying over her boyfriend all damn day. <laughs> and I was like, girl, it don't have to be about that. Also, shout out. Did you realize now, Brittany, who that was? Oh, Moni Myrtle. Yes, that's Moni Myrtle. <laughs> yes. yes. And I was like, damn, how old is she? Like, what the fuck? She oh like what is going on? Yeah, they had a wig on her in that um in Harry Potter, I think. And I was but like, she's got that how? voice. That's like I was like, how many movies? Like, what is going on? Like, and I was like, wow. And then half the cast is in this film. In oh, in Harry Potter. Yeah, like, like slug. Oh, I hate talking about this. These books, oh, but like, um, Jim, well, you can just Slughorn Jim, is like her Jim dad Broadbent. or some shit. He's in everything, girl, and he's in like um one of those uh Edgar Wright movies. I forget which one. He's right. in Hot Fuzz. He's the yeah the, the sheriff or the I don't know what they call him, chief of police. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever they call him over in England, he's a cop. Um, yeah, he's in everything. <laughs> He's like one of those actors, like I guess, like a quote unquote character actor, where you're just like, oh, I know that guy, but I don't know what is, I don't know anything about him. He's one of those. Um, but yeah, I think if you were like a British actor um, between, I don't know, 1930 and 1999, you were probably cast in Harry Potter. And if you weren't, someone was wrong with you. Everybody is in there, but we don't have to talk about that because she's awful. Um, yeah, not Miss Charlie, but Miss Joanne. Um, so. Yeah, she's she's only like fifty. She's in her mid fifties, but she's got that voice that's kind of like really juvenile. Um, and then she's got Shazza, who is a journalist. If you watch the second movie, I don't recommend it, but if you watch the second movie, she has a way bigger role in that one. Um, because she fucks over Bridget hardcore. <laughs> that movie. like majorly, majorly, and I'm like, why, girl? <laughs> why did you do it? And then you have um, I think his name is Tom. It's Tom. Okay, yeah. Tom is her friend. He's gay. He wrote a hit single in the 80s. He said, fuck that. I don't want to do any more work. So I'm just live off that money and get laid off that um, for the entirety of the 90s. So he always thinks somebody's like recognizing him from his like one hit wonder single. But usually people are like, oh, like, are you, you're in the way. You're standing on my coat. <laughs> I'm not actually... <laughs> I'm not actually worried about whatever you did like 10 years ago, girl. But they're like her little circle of friends. Um, and they kind of encourage her to pursue this relationship with Daniel. And I was like, girl, why? Why would they do that to you? 
That's a setup. They're all kind of messy in their own way. They are. And they're all their own little versions of fuck up. So I don't think there's anybody here in this friend circle that has a level head to be like, Bridget, what are you doing? Because even when she's talking to Daniel, their relationship starts off is very much like sexual harassment. Yeah, joke about it. I was like, this man is sexually harassing you, talking about your tits look nice in your shirt. That's not and over email. Be an like, email. Y'all not, like collect emails over M- over MSN Hotmail. <laughs> Problem. <laughs> A throwback if I ever saw one. Like y'all even this paper trail. If something happened, everybody could pull this back up. Like Why this is highly that? inappropriate, and I hate it. I hate everything about this. I yeah. hate it. They start, oh, I don't really, I don't, uh, I know a lot of people who, like, have dated people that they work with. I'm like, really? That's kind of, really? But, I don't know, I wouldn't call this dating <laughs> either. <laughs> um, they end up, like, getting together after her disastrous thing at the, at the book party launch where she tries to make that terrible ass speech. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> the microphone wasn't on. <sighs> Cause she's got more than one weird boss. Cause she's got the other guy who's like head of head of something else. She calls him Mr. Tits Herbert. That doesn't know her name. He keeps calling her Brenda. A, by a different Brenda <laughs> and looking at her chest. So he got that lazy eye. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my goodness, Bridget K. Wynn for losing. Oh, when she showed up with that wrinkly ass see through shirt, I was like, Bridget, you don't have to, you don't have to do that now, girl. Yes, she did. She came right in with her black bra show. I was like, you're not gonna iron the shirt, girl. Like at all? I was like, you're not gonna iron at all. She also has a terrible um, coworker, Perpetua, who's just like a bossy bitch who just sits on the phone all day talking about nothing relatable yeah, yeah i was like oh okay i see it just never gets better does it <laughs> it, just... it really doesn't that's the thing about bridget that's what makes her endearing is like her life is very shit-tastic sprinkled with some happy moments but for the ma- major part of the film it's just her going through all of these like awkward social blunders yeah. and for a minute cleaver is a a relief for her but he ends up being trash he's trash he's trash from the very beginning um i like though when she when she was getting dressed she put on the big ass fucking underwear under that tiny little Suspense. dress <laughs> the controlled top panties because she was like i could either be comfortable but not get laid, or I could just, you know, suck it all in, and then I will get laid. But then she did get laid, or, well, I don't know if she even wanted to get laid, because, like, obviously she did, but then, like, maybe she wasn't expecting it to happen then, because she had forgot about the big old panties. He was like, oh, I like these. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't even black. No, they were nude colored. I was like, girl. You might as well just worn white. Like, Your nude ass granny panties. What are you doing, Bridget? Bless her, man. Bless her. Bless her. And they like start a thing. They do start a thing. I forget. Well, the weird thing is, so like when she starts this thing, they know Mark because I think Mark was at the 
at the book launch. He was at the book launch. Yes. The thing is, too, Mark B. showed up everywhere. And at first I was like, bruh, how the fuck? <laughs> London is such a big-ass city. Why are you everywhere that she is somehow? That don't even work in the same industries. That is odd. I was like, you're she's like a he's like a civil rights attorney. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you have like real shit to take care of. You were trying to... <laughs> to genuinely help people and i was like how are you always where bridget is and then sometimes he's like Girl, i don't even know how the fuck we keep running into each other it's actually very weird um and he's also um kind of has a thing his like lawyer friend who pl- i just know her as miss honey from matilda she's like a huge bitch in this movie yeah which is so sad. I love Miss Honey. But she, every time I see her in a movie now, like she was on Mad Men too, and she was a huge bitch on that show too. And I was like, is this like real life? Like, is this, is this what, what, what's going on here? <laughs> I usually don't like to do that to actors, but I'm like, you're, oh, okay. You're never going to be someone nice again. Like, I loved Miss Honey. We all loved Miss Honey. <laughs> Natasha. <laughs> Natasha. Who's, yeah, she's super rude. Um, and she always be making comments about Bridget too. Which I feel bad for her. Because I was like, nobody. Hating. Yeah. But she real, she'll real slick with it. Oh, I didn't think I'd see you here. Oh, you don't have your bunny tail on with you today, do you? <laughs> I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Who asked? Why are you Who giving me you? the smoke? I'm not even. She wasn't even trying. Like, she wasn't even coming for her man like that. So I was like, why are you giving me so much grief? Like, why are you. You always got something to say every time? And you a lawyer too. Why are you always where I am? <laughs> Get the fuck. Um, oh yeah, so the big thing is is that Daniel Cleaver tells Bridget that she no, that Mark was his best friend and then he caught um he caught him and his like new wife together and so they're no longer friends because Mark like visibly cannot stand this person he hates every time he sees daniel he's like what the fuck and um and so bridget like obviously she's like oh well fuck him like (laughs) number one he's a dick (laughs) and then like number two is like oh like he's a dick and he's a cheater like he's raggedy so they start this whole thing (laughs) they start this whole little relationship that's not really a relationship um they go, They're just shocking. Yeah, the, the part where she was like, she answered the phone, and she was like, Bridget Jones. Oh my God. Wanting Waiting sex, sex goddess. <laughs> and I was like, Bridget. Bridget, no girl. And it was her mama on the other line. Yeah. Excuse me? Yes, yes. <laughs> it was her mother. Her mother was trying to tell her that she was about to leave her daddy because... um. Her daddy don't pay attention to her, and she just wanted more. She started to get with this guy as, like, a... He was, like, a home shopping network type of dude. But he also kind of looked like Liberace. Yes, yes he's very, very avant-garde. <laughs> he had, like, this little bouffant or whatever, and she had started working at, like, as, like, a demonstrator at, like, a, like a store, uh, like, a department store. She had that real sus little, like, egg peeler. Also, she tells Bridget, she was like, if I had made the choice, I wouldn't have had any children. Bridget was like, what the fuck? (laughs) 
what the fuck? Because her mom, like, her and her mom don't seem very close. Her and her dad are super close, which I thought was cute. Yeah, because her mom even makes a comment that it's like, you and your dad kind of have your little club together, and I'm just kind of off here on the side. And so her mom just feels really alone at times, and I think that that aids in the distance between her mother and her father. Yeah, I don't think her mother works either. Like, the whole department store thing was like a new sort of venture for her, and that's how she met this Julian guy with the big old hair. Um, and so she's just living her little, I don't know what she would call it. This isn't a midlife crisis, but it's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. Cause she's just like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to go with this dude and get my back blown out. And I was like, Bridget don't want to hear about this. Bridget don't want to hear about this shit, girl. <laughs> but yeah, but she, Bridget is in, in her own little la la land with Daniel and they go on that that little holiday together where they see uh Natasha in in um Mark again yeah, and that's like, when shit hits the fan. Yes. First of all she tells Daniel that she loves him. Or no, she asks like, Do you love me? And I was like, no. uh, <laughs> I was like I was girl, like, no girl. Wow. I was like, please recognize what this is. Cause I was, he was like he's like, Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> He woke up the next morning. I gotta go. I, gotta go. <laughs> I know. And she was like, "It's a Sunday. Like, what do you? Where do you have to go?" Like sometimes she would, she would display great intuition, but then other times I was like, Bridget, just like dig a little deeper. Just dig a little deeper, like slightly more. I'm sure you will find the answer. Because she was like, "What is so important that you had to go on a Sunday?" Because he was supposed to go to this party. There was like a um like her family friend was having a quote unquote tarts and vickers party, which I don't know if that's like is that a real thing? I don't know so, if that's a real thing. Yeah, it took me forever to realize it was basically supposed to be like like a like the tarts were supposed to be like sex workers basically, and then the vickers. I don't the word vicar never really clears my brain, but that's supposed to be like priests and member of the clergy, and I was like, why would you mm-hmm. have that as your family? Your family, friends, these all these older people, like you're like, yeah, let's just dress up, let's just have a little little chaos over here in this garden party. Um, and nobody tells Bridget that this party um actually got the theme changed. So she showed up dressed in her best Playboy bunny outfit, which is a good outfit. It wasn't a cheap little costume either. She put work into that. It's very cute. So she there by herself, single. Yeah. In this bunny costume. Yes, like cleavage everywhere. Her dad, I think, hadn't known either. No, he was dressed like a bitch. <laughs> yes, he had the little collar or whatever. Some dude had had come up there in a full like he had like the papal crown whole thing on and like the the robes. But again, Mark and Natasha are there and he's like Okay. So every time she sees him, she's just, like, in the middle of some, like, catastrophe. Like, there's never any... Like, she's never looking good when she sees him. I'd be feeling so bad. No! (laughs) It's always... He always sees her at her worst every single time. She ends up going back home. I don't know how she gets home to London. She gets back home. She realizes that Daniel is being a piece of shit. Um, 
because he was like, oh, they're thinking about shutting our office down, like the Americans are coming. And it turns out he's up there laid up with some random woman from the American office. So I was like, so you just, is this a pattern for you? Like, is this something that you do regularly? You just meet people from your office? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just out lies here hoeing. Yes. He was, yes, he was hoeing. Because she came to the house, and he was like, oh, okay, come on up. It was awkward. <laughs> and then, you know, Bridget and they're like, where's she at? I, something's not right. Something's not right. And she's like, oh, no. And she even goes in a room. Yeah, because she hears and no, And no, she, she has that sneaking suspicion, right. and no one's there. And so he's like, oh, I'll call you later, blah, blah, blah. She's getting ready to leave. And this is this goes back to what you were saying, where her her um intuition plays good sometimes because she was at that door she was just about to leave and she's like no i'm gonna run back up and there that was that girl was on the edge of the tub make it with a newspaper i was like oh i know with that newspaper she saw that sweater too i was like you're just gonna let her hang up shit in front of everybody mm-hmm. that ugly ass sweater like what are you letting her do and oh this is when she says like oh i thought you said she was thin so you talked about her to like oh he's so disrespectful <laughs> he's such a shit he's such a shit and she's like yeah she's i feel so bad for her she's walking around london all sad in that damn bunny outfit <laughs> i was like damn i hope you got like you took a taxi or something don't tell me you're on the tube like that i knew something wasn't right when she described him as a sex god see don't <laughs> Don't do that. They'll embarrass you. Yeah, I was like, this is real childish. If you really sit back and think about it, I was like a sex god girl. I was like, he's just a guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a body girl. I was like, yeah, if you catch me out here calling nobody a sex god. Never. Yeah, so she gets her little heartbroken. And then she decides she has to leave the company, which I just, I was like, yeah. I mean, she could have used them emails. Yeah. Which she threatens them with because he's trying to, he's like, oh, well, you have a contract. I'm like, sir, I have emails in my MSN hotmail where you said my tits look good. Don't play with me. I know, because he was like, what did he say? He said they were, oh, he said they were getting married. He's like, I want you to know. And he was like, oh, she's like, She's young and she's American. <laughs> and I was like, no wonder she they didn't look that. <laughs> no wonder they didn't want to look, look that. She didn't even look that young. I was like, girl, okay, whatever. Like, she's supposed to be like in her 20s? That woman that was on the edge of that tub did not look like she was in her 20s. Because I was like, wait, British is, I mean, Bridget, British, Bridget is just like 32. Like, so. Is this girl be. supposed to be like twenty? Period. Like twenty. Like she's probably like tw- in her mid to late twenties because she's like in he- she's in charge of shit. You know, she's not like an assistant. I don't, I don't think she was an assistant. Like I was like, this is fucked up. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like this. I don't like this. And he was just so casual about it. Like, 
oh, you know, I'm we're getting we're gonna get married and you know, guys like me, it's hard to commit. And it's like what do you yeah. like it was a, tra- he it was said a they, train wreck. He was of a certain age. He was like, Yeah, like we're of a he said they were of a certain age and I was like, Okay, well how old are you? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Let me do some maths. Let me do my math. <laughs> because <laughs> if you're the same, you're roughly the same age as Mark Darcy and he's older than Bridget. So what do you mean? That's true. What yeah. do you mean? Mark is like four years older than her, which is not That's that old true. either. I don't think. But like they make it a thing. I mean, I guess like if you're going through like the conventional, like, oh, by this age, you need to have a house, and by this age, you need to be married with, like, a kid, and blah, 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 because I, I, I was talking to my mom the other day, and I was, I mentioned something, I was like, if I ever have grandchildren, or if I ever have kids, because, like, I'm not committing to that, but, like, you know, if you ever have grandchildren, mom, this, this, and this, she's like, yeah, if, and I was like, <laughs> I was a little taken aback, I was like, well, damn, shit, I'm only 30, you don't know. Shit could change tomorrow. You don't know. <laughs> like, it won't. 30 is still very young. Yeah, I was like, it's not going to change probably, but like, you know, it could change. <laughs> Let's leave the option open. Uh, but yeah, that's, I guess like if you're in that situation, but also like men don't really have those kind of, well, I shouldn't say that necessarily. They do have the same kind of pressure, but it's not as intense. Because remember, um, remember everybody was up George Clooney's ass for like the longest time about when he was getting married. Oh my gosh! For like I, decades, they were. Yeah, that was like a thing. Yeah, that was a big thing. Every like news, not news article, but every like magazine article, like, oh, when is George Clooney gonna get married? And I think that holds over from like a, a like homophobia from like the early. 1900s because it was like a thing like if you were a man who wasn't married by a certain age people started to suspect things about you that you might be gay mm-hmm. so that was like a thing which i don't think anybody ever suspected george clooney of being gay but everybody was like why aren't you married because they're everyone's thing was like he's handsome he's smart he's a great actor he has all these things <laughs> going on for him so why is he single? Laugh. Pretty much you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> did you laugh at the handsome or did you laugh at the good actor? I mean, she's like all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at everything. Pretty ain't shit. You don't like your team, Brittany? You I'm like so, but it's okay. I mean, he's not into. He's not like my thing, but like I can. See... Out of sight is good. That's a good feel. I liked him and um, I get it. What was the movie I just watched um, with the space? Um, what was it Gravity? I enjoy, I don't think I've seen that many George Clooney movies. I can <laughs> count like off the top of my head too. I can think of Gravity. He left Nurse of- Nancy, and I have been mad since I was a child, and there I will never I forget. I knew it had to be something because I know you watched. I soap will operas. never forgive that man. I will never forgive. Because you watch soap operas. I knew. I knew you weren't a stranger to join He Clooney. left Nurse Nancy. Wait, is it Nurse Nancy? He left oh. Nurse Nancy on ER. And I will never forgive him for that. He wanted to be a movie star. And he left her. And I'll never forgive him. And he became a movie star, girl. He did. <laughs> he did. But are those movies worth it? Not all of them. 
But I don't I know. Digress. Oh, you know what he's in? He's in Ocean's Eleven, right? He's in that. Mm-hmm. Ocean. Yeah. I don't like those, but I. That's Danny Ocean. Yeah, he is Danny. Oh yeah. The, that's those, his eleven and twelve Danny, and thirteen. You want to talk and about his sister's eight. Purposely <laughs> forgot about. I was very disappointed when I watched that. But I was also like eleven, and I thought I was like, oh, this is supposed to be hot shit, and then I was like, this is not. This is not hot shit to me. But I think maybe if it's one of those situations where a man is like, yeah, my mom's up my ass about when am I going to get married? Maybe. But then also, like, Daniel Cleaver's a dick. Yeah, a huge one. Yeah, because it's not the, you know who else is the other one everybody always gets on? Um, Not a man, but Jennifer Aniston. They always get on her about when she's going to have a baby. Oh, my God. They always... It's so irritating. Like, I'm not, like, a huge, like, Jennifer Aniston stan. I can't tell you really shit about that woman. But I was like, why are y'all always bringing this up every single interview? I would just stop having interviews. I would start pulling a Beyonce and just, like, here, please draft an email with the Parkhead, or Parkwood um, letterhead and just be like, here. Because I don't, I don't want to answer any more questions. Because, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. The expectations are really, really, um, like, if you really sit back and look at it, the expectations to, like, get married and have kids is, like, kind of wild. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then, like, when this movie was out, it was probably even, like, ten times worse then. Like, only now are we starting to see women fight against, like, conventional standards of when you're supposed to get married and if you're supposed to have kids. So, like, this is a, a movie out in 01, so it was, like, peak, let me be, pick me, choose me, yeah. love me. Yeah. I don't think, like, the celebrity culture had gotten as bad as it is now, too, which is kind of interesting to see. Um, but I could see that being, like, a thing. Or, like, I don't know. Especially, like, in way, way back in the day when, like, studio heads would get involved and, like, oh, you're going to be involved with this actor. And mm-hmm. y'all are going to be caught around town and pr- so we can promote this movie. And it's like, oh, what is all this? Like, why do y'all charge this mind y'all business? And I think a lot of, um, there's a few actors, like, gay actors are, like, in the, I guess, actors that were in the closet at the time that that would happen to them, too. Like, they'd have to find, like, a, like a woman to be like their like their like cover I guess so they're like okay yeah look I'm 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 in a relationship with somebody like I'm of course you know I'm in my 30s but I look at me I'm doing the thing so like mm-hmm. y'all mind your business over there <laughs> like it's so ridiculous it really is um but I think Bridget in this movie gets the worst of it she does she Everybody's always got something snarky and smart to say. When she went to that singles party, or no, oh. no, it wasn't. She was in the singles party. She was the singles, and they were all the smug marrieds, and they were so goddamn smug. And again, somehow her friend knew Mark and Natasha. Like, I was like, is this an ambush? <laughs> and I'm being, am I being? I don't think it was like that in the book. I'd have to read. I've never read the book. I'd have to reread it. It's a really quick read. I think it's like two hundred and something pages. It's a really quick read, and um, 
I think she mentioned him like a few times. So like in that part and like in the book, it seemed like it was almost rushed because she's like, oh, yeah, like I think I like you a lot. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Bridget, do you? And then in this movie, it's just like, God damn, like London is a big place. How do we all keep running into each other? All the time? Is it every day? <laughs> if I was running into, like, if, like, me and Libby live in two different cities, but if I was running to Libby, like, every day, I'd be like, okay, wait, what's going on? Who's stalking <laughs> who over here? <laughs> like, like, what's going on here? And I felt really bad for her because she's the only single woman in a room full of, like, married people, which that never really bothers me, I think, personally. But, like, they were all kind of up in her shit about how she's like, oh, TikTok, you need to get, you know, there's plenty of young women in their 30s who aren't married. Why is that? Like, she speaks for all women in their 30s that aren't married. Like, no. I was like, um, she's not really, like, why is that anybody's business? And the one when, like, the the one, um, they were pregnant. Oh, the guy. Was his, like, his wife was pregnant and he was saying all that shit to her? He was a weirdo. He really, really was. <laughs> He's all rubbing on his wife's stomach. Like, what are you oh, doing? Like, that's like... not annoying. Is <laughs> that not annoying? This is strange, strange. And I think Mark tries to, like, kind of sort of defend her. Because she tries to be like, oh, like, I mean, how many of, you know, what's the percentage of of, of divorce nowadays? Mm-hmm. He, he gives out, like, this really high percentage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he said it immediately. And I was like, okay, you listening. I see you. <laughs> they all gave her, like, oh, yeah, why are you all single? And they all look at her. Like, I was like, you don't have to put down your fork to look at her <laughs> answer this question. I felt really bad for her at that party. I was like, damn, okay, like, just say you gotta, say you got the shits and leave. Like, like, please get out of here right now. Like, I'm ready for you to leave this. (laughs) Like, say your stomach hurts and say you have to go. Like, just leave. Please leave. I just, yeah, that's, ugh. It feel like, it did feel like an ambush. Because, like, well, maybe you could be like, oh, do you want to bring a date? But then they all knew that she was not dating, um, what's his face anymore? Or no, they had asked her. Because I guess enough people, either she had ran her mouth enough, which could have been the thing. She could have been like, oh, my God, I have this boyfriend. And, like, <laughs> like you know, he's going to come to this party. Because when she didn't show up with Daniel at the first party, her weird, creepy, not uncle, but he's uncle, Jeffrey, was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, your boyfriend, he didn't come? And she's like, yeah, he had to work. He's like, ha! Sure yeah, they be trying to play her, like, every time the set is like, so is your boyfriend George Glass coming tonight? And I'm like, damn. Damn, y'all doing her like this? Did y'all treating George her Glass? like a jam? <laughs> Did you say George Glass? That's what they acted like Daniel was every time. Like, he was not a real person at all. He was just a George Glass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ashley, you didn't watch the Brady Bunch movie? No. Or the Brady Bunch? Oh. No. George, George Glass was when Jan, when Marsha had a boyfriend, 
and they were charging Jan up about having a boyfriend. She was like, I have a boyfriend. His name is George Glass. Oh, did he live in Canada or some shit? Yeah, he was one of those people. He was super (laughs) fake. (laughs) I don't remember him. I remember watching like old episodes of Brady Bunch. I don't think I ever watched. Um, I don't remember them. I don't know if I were old enough to have boyfriends yet or like joke or lie about boyfriends. (laughs) I've seen like episodes, but not like I wasn't a regular viewer. But I know with that, you know, my I have a I have a girlfriend. I met her in sleepaway camp. That type of shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you know what? When she said she had a boyfriend and her dad was like a boyfriend, like a real one. They they treated they treated this child that. so bad. Everybody all the time, and it's like, damn. Yeah. Can she, she catch a break? She really just, couldn't. I just like what does she do? Like she don't be bothering anybody really. Like she just like okay, I'm just trying to do my job. I'm just trying to go get drunk with my friends and um, you know maybe get married off this hoe. Like you know, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to bother nobody. I'm not trying to start no fights. Mm-mm-mm. Poor baby. <laughs> but this is the scene. Like I guess the the like standout scene where he just yeah. he comes because she's leaving. She's like fuck this shit. She might have told him she had bubble guts. I don't know, but she like <laughs> <laughs> she's getting her shit. And she's like I call my taxi. I'm going. I guess they were like lawyer friends because they had started talking about whatever case that like Mark had been working on the entire movie or whatever. Um. And she's leaving, and he's just, like, trying to say, like, oh, I, you know, I guess he's, what does he say? He's just kind of compliments her on, like, her, um, first of all, I think he's trying to apologize for being a douche. Yes, because every time he's kind of seen her subsequently, he's always had, like, this urgency about him, like, he wants to stop her and talk to her and apologize, but it never works out, so this opportunity is when he's like, okay, I got you where I want you, so let me go ahead and apologize. Yes, yeah, and she was like, honestly, I don't really need no more shit (laughs) from anybody. She was like, you don't have to make me sound like an idiot, because believe me, I sound, I feel like an idiot without any help most of the time already. And I was like, oh, relatable. Oh, relatable. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> he said he loved her her um, her video interview or whatever on that weird news show that she works Ooh, on. Oh, that's what her, I forgot we didn't get to Where that. she showed her ass on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she got hired at a, at a news station because she left her job. She said, I don't want to work for you, Daniel. I'd rather have a job washing Saddam Hussein's ass. You know on the TV version they always say that I'd rather have a job washing Saddam Hussein's cars. <laughs> and I was always like, well I actually watched the regular version. I was like, oh that's a departure. <laughs> that's a big step. And she goes and works for this TV station um with another weird boss, but she's like not into it. And um she has to do like a, a segment on like a fire station and like had said they had given her like weird directions somebody told her to go down the pole somebody told her to stay up there she ends up trying to like climb up the pole and like these little like <laughs> black tights and mini skirts with no panties no panties no, panties. no i was like girl what is this outfit 
But she's trying and they're like, no, just like get down the pole. And she goes and falls ass first into the camera. Live on TV. Live on TV. There is no time to give the interview at the fire station. So they get like the, the I don't know what you could, the chief firefighter, whoever was like, uh, what do I do with her? She watches it back on like <laughs> rewind. <laughs> you know what? I do miss VHSs for this exact reason because you can rewind it a certain way, and then it made it worse because she can rewind it. <laughs> so Mark saying that he liked that interview. I like bitch. You a lie. You being funny. I was like, uh, there's nothing good about this interview, girls. <laughs> Other than she was pantsless. Falling on ass first onto a camera. <laughs> Maybe you're trying to make her feel better. Maybe. He knew. Like, he I'm knew. sorry that I was a dick to you. Your interview was really cool. <laughs> I liked your interview, I Rick. like you just the way you are. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I like, he's like, I'm trying to say I like you. And she was like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, apart from the vulgar mother and the drinking and the smoking. And all. he's like, no, I like you just as you are. And I was like, that's really just what she needed to hear. Yeah, it really was. In that moment, that was really what she needed to hear, especially coming from him, who had said something so ugly to her oh or about her. So that was a major turning point. And then she went and go blab to her friends. Yeah, and they were like, she don't want you to like get a boob job. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he likes you. Like, just like, just like, they're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, so you trying to, like, it, it just seemed like everybody had the ether for her. <laughs> like, like, she don't do nothing to nobody. Why are y'all talking so much shit? <laughs> Disappointed. Uh, and I think, is this when she decides to make that little celebratory? That hot mess dinner? It was her birthday. Yeah, she turned 33. Mm-hmm. And, um... She's going to make this wonderful dinner. She's feeling very self-confident. She clearly cannot cook. (laughs) (laughs) You giggle. Oh, man. She's clear, like, girl, because she was trying to make all this stuff. And, like, you know, when you got to bust out the twine and shit, like, that's when you should just, like, call it a day and just go and get you a pizza because... She she was making bay plates for everybody. Like it did turn out into a bay plate. Please explain to the people what a bay plate is, Brittany. So this is how like this I like this scene <laughs> because like at first I thought she cooked like toothpaste soup. Um it because I was like <laughs> it was like toothpaste soup with leeks. Um and I was like, what the fuck are they eating? What are but leeks? it's like a, a vegetable. Okay. I was just wondering. I knew it was something, um, but I was unsure. They slap. I love them. Okay. Um, yes. Vegetarian. I love veggies. <laughs> yes, I love veggies. Some vegetarian, uh, <laughs> some, our vegetarian corner with Brittany. I love veggies. I love beets. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go on veggies, but I love them. Um, but yeah. You tie your so veggies like, with string like she did? Um, I would absolutely make this meal. It would absolutely turn out the same way. It would 
be disgusting. <laughs> no one would be able to eat it. Everyone would have a an all right time trying to eat it because they would be like, yo, what the fuck is this? Are you trying to kill us? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it it turned out the same. Like, this would be a Brady dinner party. Like, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I can't exactly. We can actually meet up one day and you can make this leeks and, and I don't even know what the other thing was. Like, what was that? It was caperberry gravy or something? Oh my God. It was <laughs> chunky and congealed. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, don't serve me this. Come on now. Like, she lives very she lives in the heart of london she could easily just like like just get a takeaway girl just get you some indian food or some shit like get get a whole buffet get some like, delicious like get, get some edible know, yeah please get some edible oh it was like kind of like it was you have to see it to believe it because it's very it looks very sewagey <laughs> Sludgy. <laughs> it was nasty. Uh, but she tried. I mean, I think when she fucked up was when she tried to do the string. Mm-hmm. And it was and it was a colored string, so Yeah. You didn't untie the twine from your vegetables. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I think in the middle of this is when Mark comes. Mm-hmm. This is the first. like, bitch, what you cooking? Yeah. yeah, this is the first non-accident, quote unquote, um, meeting between them. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, and then he tries to help her. I thought they were just gonna make scrambled eggs, like egg, you know, like breakfast for dinner, because you that could hit. Because he said he was gonna make an omelet. Yeah, I seen an omelet. But then they were still eating that nasty <laughs> shit too. So I was like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Where the omelet? I don't think they ever got the omelet. I would have liked the omelet more than I liked whatever the hell they're doing. And they, oh, they're so cute together. They're cooking. It was very cute. They're being domestic. He's got his little button down. He's got rolling up the sleeves, making omelets. I just love Colin Firth. Yes. <laughs> what was that one thing you said? You said he looked like he would just spread you on a table. Oh. Yeah, and just pull, put a napkin around his neck like the Winnie the Pooh gift. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, bone apple tea, baby. Oh my god. Oh, he was very polite about it. He'd be nasty, but he'd be polite. <laughs> dab the corner, dab the corners of his mouth and everything. Just yes. Oh. I can't pretend like I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> I love Colin Firth. I do. I do. I enjoy him immensely. Um, her friends come over and they kind of blow the spot up because they toast. First of all, they she feeds them this garbage. And then it's like, yeah, a toast to Bridget, who we love just as she is. And I'm like, don't do that to her. <laughs> oh, child. Like, child, child, child. And he caught it. He caught it. He knew. He's like, you've been talking to your friends about me. I get it. Mm, <laughs> and then who fucking shows up? Ding dong. Fucking Daniel. It was He's like, like, hey, can we talk? <laughs> I was like, bitch, do you even know that this is her birthday? 
I think if he knew it was her birthday, he wouldn't have showed up. Did he wait? He bought her a gift though, didn't he? He, he brought some wine. Okay, girl, you could get that from the like the corner shop. Like that wasn't it. I mean, I appreciate he... wine at all times, but like, come on, like. I don't think he knew that it was her birthday. I just think he came over there and was like, "I'm an asshole. My shit's not working out no more." Let me go back to a sure thing. Yeah. Or what he thinks is a sure thing. Yes. Why you do her like that? She's so big hearted. Mm-hmm. She she obliges him in their little corner by the window and talking to him. Yeah, he's saying some ridiculous shit though. Cause what did he say? He was like, Oh, um, like we're just like each other, where we're just trying to like find something. Like basically, like settle. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've been, I've been going crazy without you, blah, blah blah. And I'm like, oh my god, you are so full of shit. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Too, because this is after she got her big. Um, I think this is supposed to be her celebratory meal for when she had like um, interviewed. Um, the guy, yes, her big story break, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the freedom fighter. So, there was like a Kurdish um freedom fighter who was fighting extradition. Um, and his wife was like with him, like I said, I got married. And um, Mark was the lawyer on the case, I believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, and no one could, and no one could get an interview, but she ran into him at like the corner store, oh, yeah, another run into. And- Good lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe this, maybe this is a stalker film, and we just didn't realize. Maybe that. we should be advocating for stun guns and like you know some sort of <laughs> some sort of personal defense mechanism. Because goddamn, like, what is this running number like four or five? Like, God, but he helps her out. He gets her to interview because he was like, I told them not to give any interviews, but he gave. He said that she give an interview. Um, and so then, yeah, Daniel tried to crash in on her good, like, you know, her feeling good about herself. Men. And mm. then the part that irritates me so much about that scene is, you know, at that point, Mark is like, okay, let me get my shit and leave. And then here comes Mr. Cleaver putting his arm around around Bridget and is like, yeah, we're just going to hang back here. Bye. And it's like, <laughs> dude, who, like, how dare you? Like, he's just, he's like totally rubbing salt on the wound. And Mark is like, I got to get up out of here. Right. So I have to beat, <laughs> beat homeboy's ass. And then he leaves and then he comes back. He's like, no, I actually would like and to beat your ass today. Respectfully. And then my favorite part of the whole movie <laughs> I like to, I'd like to respectfully beat your ass. Mm-hmm. Step outside. I was like, wait, as a like, these hoes fighting. <laughs> I didn't realize they broke so many windows. <laughs> Crashed through a window, broke uh, broke chairs and tables. They were just, it, I mean, it got a little WWF. <laughs> like these hoes was fighting. Like you broke a trash can over this man's back. Like why would you do that? That's not. <laughs> that's not Mark got those hands though because he got him at first mm-hmm. yeah, he had to cheat. yeah no he decked him he definitely got him in the jaw a couple times they crashed into that poor Greek restaurant and interrupted somebody's birthday party or something <laughs> and who 
what was what's the dude's name? Was it Tom? Tom? Yeah. Is that the friend's Tom name? He <laughs> he went to the restaurant. It's like they fight. <laughs> fight. They fight. There's a fight. This is World Star, but like British. <laughs> They're fighting. <laughs> fight. It's a real fight. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be so messy. You sitting there waiting. You've been waiting. He probably, because you know what? They were listening to the conversation too. Once Daniel came over, they all started lighting their cigarettes up and like looking over and stuff. And I was like, that moment, mm-hmm. from that moment, that Tom and the rest of them were like, oh, I would like to see this happen. And it happened. And he they was like, so Let's happy. do it. He was so happy. <laughs> They beat the shit out of each other. I think he said, like, he broke his jaw. Like, Daniel said that Mark broke his jaw. I was like, okay, come on. I think he was being dramatic. Probably. But also, like, if he did, like, it it wouldn't be like he didn't deserve it. (laughs) And then we find out the truth. The truth. truth (laughs) Is that it was actually all this the whole story was flipped because um so daniel was no sorry mark was married to a woman i guess i said she was japanese right mark was married to someone Mm -hmm. we don't really know anything else about her and then um except for the terrible things that bridget's mother says about her which like bridget's mom chill out um and so i think him and Daniel Cleaver were really tight at Cambridge, which I was like, okay, y'all all come from money? Like, Jesus Christ. And then um, Daniel Cleaver was his best man at his wedding. And I think he came home Christmas Eve, because Christmas Eve, he's always really irritable around Christmas and the Christmas time for the specific mm-hmm. reason, which is probably why he snapped at Bridget, even though that she didn't deserve that shit at all. But, like, he came home on Christmas Eve and found his wife and Daniel Cleaver at it, like fucking on the floor, basically. <laughs> I was, Could you imagine? They were on that rug. I was like, y'all couldn't even take it to a, a, a bed? My God. And so, yeah, uh, Mark has never seen it for Daniel after that. Um, Daniel apparently has been going around telling everybody that he was married. At least told Bridget that. I don't know who else he told that. But told Bridget, yeah, I was married and Mark stole my wife. But it was the other way around. What a horrible person. Like, who tells such a lie? That was a real lie. That was a real bad lie. And what I didn't understand about the lie is he's the one who started the conversation about how do you know Mark Darcy? Like, nobody was talking about why they knew each other and then he had to explain, you know, oh, he, he cheated, on, he slept with my fiance. Like, who makes up such a horrible lie when you were the, you were the, you were the shit-tastic friend, not the other way around? I don't know. You, I don't. He was a manipulator because he knew that Bridget would be like, um, I'm not fucking with you. So Yeah, but they didn't even know that like he didn't even know that they were even because they weren't even friendly at that time. No. So it was just like weird. Like, you were just lying for no damn reason. <laughs> is, it, is it sociopathy? Like, what's going on? Why would you do that? Like she wasn't even like she didn't even pretend to be interested. I think he had come up to her, like he was about to say something, probably apologize to her. But then, like, Daniel swooped in or whatever. But I don't understand why he did that. That was weird. It's very weird. It's very, very weird. Because, like, she basically, like, you were weird. 
still like now I've not seen you beat somebody to a pulp. So now I, I just, I can't deal with you. You're crazy. And then also like she told Daniel, she was like, I'm not trying to settle with shout out to her. She was like, I'm looking for something more than that. And I was like, Oh, you get your little fairy tale girl. <laughs> yeah. Don't you settle for these raggedies out here? Because my goodness, it's not you worth deserve. it. I feel like you deserve, you shouldn't have to settle, especially like in dating, like, I know everybody else is booed up, but you don't have to put yourself through that. You do uh, not. Because the, um, I guess, like, the resentment eventually, you resent that you, like, (laughs) you have to wake up next to this person. Like, ugh, I fucking hate you. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't really even like you. I don't actually (laughs) like you at all. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are having that moment right now. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you never know. You never know when there's going to be a random pandemic and you're stuck <laughs> in the house with somebody you hate. <laughs> Just a little pandemic. Thing. Now look at you. <laughs> I know. There's so many people like, oh my God, I finally found out this about my husband. Or oh, I didn't know my husband did this. And I'm like, do y'all talk to each other at all? Like, no. <laughs> they just post fake ass pictures on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, so this is like the end of the year basically for Bridget. And she is at the I guess the Darcy's are having a Ruby wedding. I don't know what that means. Is that like a is that like thirty years? Forty years? I don't even know what that is. I don't either. I know Diamond me- like fifty. Let me do some Googles because Ruby wedding anniversary 40. Okay, yeah, because Mark is like in his late 30s. So that makes sense. Well, okay, so Bridget, Bridget's parents have made up. They go, oh, yeah, Bridget's mom is the one that was like, yeah, uh, Daniel Cleaver is the hoe. She didn't know him by name, but she was like, yeah, Mark's, Mark's from is being a hoe. Um, and broke his heart. That's why he's always kind of crabby around Christmas time. I was like, well, I mean, I know he didn't want to put his business out there, but if we had known that just a smidge earlier, <laughs> then maybe it would have made sense. But I guess this makes more sense. Now it's just kind of like, you know, my wife fucked me over on Christmas Eve. And then here you are on New Year's Day. Maybe a few years later, maybe a month later, who knows? Being like, hey, you're looking to get, you know, you're looking for the hookup. It's like, I don't want to be bothered with this shit. (laughs) I'm sure everything to do with Christmas pisses him off. Oh my God. Like, it makes more sense. It doesn't excuse his little ratchet little behavior. Because, like, you're in your late 30s. Like, could you calm down? You're like, you're a lawyer. You should be able to control your emotions. Um, and have a level-headed response to a lot of things, I feel. Um, but yeah, I made sense. It did make sense. And she, of course, she's too late because Mark has, number one, taken a job in New York with Natasha. And they're also planning on getting married as well. And she's like, no! Oh my, another awkward moment. No! <laughs> She's like, well, just, we don't want to give the Americans our top people. And she changed it to person because she's like, I don't really know you like that girl. (laughs) Mm. 
I already see it for you like that, Natasha. Uh, and he's like, oh, shit. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> and there's this little sad montage of, like, him going to America and she's staying home. And um, her par- or no, her friends decided to take her to Paris for, like, the weekend to, like, cheer her up. And then suddenly, like, Mark Darcy appears again. I'm like, damn, he just appears everywhere. <laughs> Here's John. <laughs> Did you send a text or something? Like, like <laughs> I don't think she, she didn't have a phone yet. I think this is when the Nokia with the changeable. Yeah, he had a Nokia with the faceplates. Her friend. Oh, man. An iconic piece of, uh. Of electronics. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, so he comes back. Mark comes back, and she's like, oh, never mind about Paris. And I was like, girl, I don't blame you. Um, And so she, like, I guess they're like, I don't know what they're going to do. She was like, oh, no, I guess she's just like, no, I'm getting laid. And she goes and go change into those underwear. She's like, oh, no, this is an occasion for tiny underwear this time. She gets her leather her leopard print underwear. <laughs> I was like, that's the special occasion fit. And uh, he finds her diary where he she was talking so much shit. About, they were both talking so much shit about each other. Like, I hate this man. She's like, no wonder his wife left him. And I was like, God damn. She's like, Mr. Darcy sucks. Like, all on the page. Oh my goodness. I was like, Yo, maybe y'all shouldn't. <laughs> maybe should this is a really bad start to go. I know, off. right? This is like it's a fucking new year. I think, like, goddamn. And then uh, he leaves, and so she's like, "Fuck, I don't know what to do." First thing she does is go, and she's about to run outside with no shoes on. You think she's coming back, maybe to put some pants on? She does not put on any pants. She puts on like the thinnest sweater. And her running shoes. A new balance sneakers and she added it. <laughs> Brittany, I saw that this is your favorite part. I was like, yes. I know she ain't running down the damn street in her panties. And she was running down the street in the English winter in her damn panties. <laughs> I was like, I know she I know she is about to catch a cold in her ass. Cause it it, it looked cold, it looked chilly. I know she got a little taste, look got a little nipple frostbite. I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. You could have put on some shorts, ma'am. I understand the urgency. I understand it. But put on some shorts, please. I mean, like, how was she supposed to get... You know what I'm thinking about? Because, like, if it was nowadays, you'd be like, uh, where'd you go? Like, you could text somebody, maybe. But, like, I guess she was kind of like... Like, you know, back then, you can't really text somebody and be like, hey, where you going? She didn't have no phone number for him. I guess she could have, like, gone anywhere and he would have showed up again. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she didn't have to worry about that but like at the same time like I can see the urgency it's Colin first she had to get her man she's like hold up <laughs> if Davlin here new balance if Davlin was here I would, I would I'm gonna use her favorite word she had to get that nut <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the homie shout out to you Davlin <laughs> I, your spirit is here with us always <laughs> in the form of that JPEG <laughs> Oh my god! Like, oh god! She put on the panties, y'all. Like, 
them ugly ass panties. They did yes. look like they kind of came in a pack. <laughs> a four pack. <laughs> I'm no stranger to the four pack or you know the what is it like the the Target six for twenty or whatever. like I get it, but mm-hmm. you know <laughs> a nice thong brief. It was like a combo of a thong and a brief. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, her little cheek. It was like out. in her ass, but not all the way. Was... Well, what do they call the cheekies or whatever? The cheekies. <laughs> Listen, it's Colin Firth. Like, I don't blame her. At least Tata wrote. At least Tata wrote, ma'am. Did she have a robe? I thought she had a sweater on. Oh, yeah, like Tata. Like a weird sweater duster robe thing oh, going on. Because her booty was out. <laughs> yeah, her, she was ass out running down the street. In them draws, <laughs> people looking. It's cold because it's snowing. And I'm like, man, oh, this is how Casper died. But this, <laughs> <laughs> you know, full circle. When you, have full adrenaline, circle. when you have like an adrenaline rush, you know, you just care. You're not thinking. It's already Bridget. She's not thinking normally, usually. But then, like, like they just they just got on the same page after a year of bullshit. Mm-mm-mm. You know, and it turns out all he had done was just go to go buy her a new diary. He's like, I want you to start writing good things about me because I'm not an asshole, kind of, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a trash ass bitch. You can trust me. <laughs> I I don't want you thinking I, I think you're <laughs> I don't want you thinking that you can't dress, but I I am going to comment on you running down the street in your drawers, though. I am going to comment on that later. <laughs> oh they start making God. out in the snow. And then he covers her booty with his jacket. There was Oh, Yeah, because the old people were like, um, Madam? Madam, your ass is awesome. Your arse. Your arse. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be canceled by British listeners. (laughs) Yes, your ass is out. Oh, I love them, though. They're so cute together. My heart. I just like seeing, like, her get, like, something good happen to her after all that shit. Yes. She took way too many L's. (laughs) Like, L after L L after L. L. Which I appreciate the fact that all of her work trying to change herself, she ended up getting the man she wanted without having to change anything about herself. So it was like, bitch, you could have just been yourself the whole movie. Like, stop. Yeah. Because she really didn't change. Like, aside from her job and sort of getting more, like, confidence in her, like, abilities and stuff, like, she didn't really, I mean, she didn't stop smoking. She didn't stop drinking. She actually started smoking more as the year went on (laughs) and drinking more as, like, the, uh, as everything was happening, and um, and she gained weight, like everything was the opposite of right. What yeah, she was yeah, she to did do. gain weight, so everything was just not going right. She got older, like everything was just not going well for her. So I just think that was cute. Also, really liked when they were she was showing him around the apartment. He was definitely about to be like, "Listen, let's make out now." <laughs> oh. The part where he like leans her against the the doorway, <gasps> I was like, "Oh my god, get it, get it, I get it." Love that shit. And she was like, "Oh, let me uh, let me get you some nice reading material so I can go change into my nice little drawers." 
Bitch, he don't care about them drives. Drop them. Shouldn't this Yes, that's the message. Yeah, if you don't care about all that extra shit, girl, just, you know. <laughs> Drop them drives. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that. And then they show, like, I think that the end, they show, like, I guess they're supposed to be, like, pictures of them. Because they did, we never said that, that they kind of grew up together a little bit. So she's known him since she was, like, a child. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, like, older than her. So, of course, they wouldn't have, like, hung out after a certain amount of time or whatever. And so I guess, like, all these pictures of them are supposed to be, like, of them when they were, like, children. Because she said that she used to, like, I used to, like, I guess they had like a little paddling pool and she's like playing it naked or something yes. like kids do. And so I was like, oh, this is so cute. And then like, I don't know if they were planning a sequel at the time. So there's two sequels. Um, There's, what is it? The Edge of Reason. The Edge of Reason. Which I, oh, I loathe. I hate it. That That's, I don't like that one at no. all. That's like my least favorite. It's not endearing. It's actually kind of fucked up. Like this movie, like in certain parts of this movie, I was like, damn, this is fucked up. Like how her friends do her, but like on this movie, I was like, um. You should. It wasn't, it wasn't as funny. Like it was, it was kind of darker in the part like Bridget Jones has problematic parts in it but overall it's an endearing movie mm-hmm. the second movie is just like nah this is just problematic yeah. on so many levels yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and, you can, and you can't be overcome by the whimsicalness of it all to ignore the problematic parts mm-hmm. like this shit is like no this is trash this needs to I don't think it's whimsical no. Like that part. No, the second one? No, no. not at all. <laughs> no, it's weird. It's weird. And I forget. What is the thing? It's like they go on vacation because her and Mark get into a fight or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used to love it. I did like the scene though when he stayed over her house and she was like, oh, oh but then the, <laughs> she tried to do that thing where she woke up with like makeup on or something. And he was like, girl, I don't care about that shit. <laughs> Like, I he's like, I can tell it you're was, trying to get up and look like, try to, like, do your face over. Like, you don't have to do that. It's fine. Mm-mm. Hot mess. I was like, Richie, don't do that. And then, like, a whole bunch of shit happens, and then, like, it's it's weird. And then the third one is when, I don't know if it's supposed to be very soon after. Like, set soon after, because it's not, it's not, I mean, it's years later. I don't know why they did the last one. Because mm. I read part of the third book. I was very, very disappointed um, because of what they did to a certain character. I won't even spoil it. Just like, girl, Helen, why did you do that? And so I didn't finish it because I was like, I just can't. And also, it was like an audiobook, And like, I did, that did not hit as an audiobook. Um, so they did the third movie. Uh, but I don't remember the premise of it other than like I think maybe her and Mark were again on the outs because it's, it's only three movies isn't yeah it's it? only three and Brittany was asking like yeah, who's Brittany. the baby daddy and I didn't tell her oh I'll have to come back for that one <laughs> <laughs> Brittany we're watching yeah, the third movie I don't know who the baby daddy is I don't it, know it's a very it's like kind of weird because it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like she's like a fish out of water because she's like an older woman now um, trying to like hang out with like, you know, she's trying to go like music festivals and shit. <laughs> like 
It's like, no, no, that time is over. And so, um, and you know, there's texting and all kinds of shit that there wasn't in, like in like YouTube and social media and Twitter and all that shit that wasn't around when like she was like in her early thirties. And so it's kind of one of those stories. But also there's parts where that was very cute and I really kind of liked it. I just really like, um, Colin Firth and, and Renee Zellweger together. Yes, they play off of each other really yeah, well. Yeah, I, really, I think they're really sweet. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously I would say that I would, like, recommend this movie. I don't know if, I mean, of course, Libby, I think you recommend this movie. Brittany, what are your thoughts? Yes. What, are your, what are your T-H-O-T-S's? Okay, so this is my first time watching this film ever in my life. Um, a lot of it resonated with me. Um. But this isn't necessarily a film for me. Um, I kind of wish that I had watched it younger um, or like before now. Um, mm. But what I didn't like about it is that for me, I felt like I would have enjoyed it a lot more if Bridget's desire to change was for herself. And it wasn't for herself. Her desire to change and get her quote-unquote life together was to make herself more desirable for men. And it wasn't... It's not necessarily an empowering message for anyone to me. And I feel like the other messages are okay. Like I like that Mark found her... Like, Mark fell in love with her for who she is as a person. Like, she didn't have to do shit. Like, she could be herself. Um, She could do whatever she wanted to do. Like, she could, you know, have diarrhea of the mouth. She could dress like a couch. (laughs) She could be embarrassing. She could be authentic and genuine. And he still found that attractive. And he still liked her. Um, But it was kind of, like, disheartening to watch this and be like, dang, like, she felt all this way like I know we're reading or we're watching or we would have been reading her diary but you got like millions of young women and girls older women reading this and I don't know I felt some kind of way about it especially like the parts where she was like like I weighed this much and I'm overweight and I'm like girl no like no you're like you're fine and I understand like that is like typical like insecurities of a person um but I've, it's a fine film like it's funny um I feel like it's the actors and actresses are great I feel like Renee Zellweger did a really awesome job she is very charming as Bridget like, she is adorable. She is absolutely adorable as Bridget. She brings a lot of charm to the character, even though she <laughs> is not British. <laughs> she she did a good job with that. She, her is cheese day, isn't it? It's great. And I like that. But I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this would not be a film that I would necessarily go back to, to rewatch for, I don't know. For me, but it, it's like I say that for me, but I do feel like it's a good movie if that makes sense. 
Okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, like, some of it reminds me of, like, old... Remember, like, Cosmo got, like, really dragged <laughs> yes. after a certain amount of time because they were like, damn, like, how many, like, oh, sex positions to blow your mind. Like, everything was just so weirdly, like, all their, like, their leads on their covers are so weirdly, um, I don't know. Like, like, they were all, like, a certain thing. There was never any, like, variety, and it was always kind of, like, really, like, oh, better yourself, like, this way or whatever. I feel like maybe it's, like, from that era of, like, yeah, you would definitely, like, um, read Cosmo for, <laughs> for like, life tips. And, like, you, like, nobody had realized that, like, those things are full of shit half the time. Um, so <laughs> yeah. It just comes from that era. I feel like yeah. it was, like, the Sex and the City era. And that's <laughs> something I have never watched and probably will never watch. I ever. either watch but- it if I want to watch it, but also it looks... This is what stopped me from watching Sopranos for a long time. It looks like I'm looking at like a like a 14 inch television, and I can't do. <laughs> I can't go back to that life, man. I can't go back. <laughs> and it's funny because like Sex and the City is one of my absolute favorite television shows, but it's problematic as fuck. Like. So I totally understand everything that Brittany's saying as a first-time viewer of this movie. Like, there are certain things that just don't translate over, mm-hmm. over like, decades of time. You're just like, that shit does not fly. So <laughs> you definitely wouldn't like sex in the city at all. I totally want to watch it just to, like, say I watched it all, so I'm like... I don't know if I'll enjoy that or I'll just be like, y'all are full of shit, so let me just keep watching y'all be full of shit. Because HBO is good for but that, my, let me tell you. Yeah. But I like hearing people's perspective, like when they're watching something that's that old and it's their first time watching it. Because I think you get a a more honest perspective of it because I know my opinions on shit, even though I'm very... I'm very um, I admit the flaws of that show. It's definitely clouded by nostalgia. Yeah. So to get fresh fresh eyes and perspectives on it, you're like, this is why this show is fucked up in this many ways. But you can get the fashions. That's always cute. Yeah, they had them. Um, what was it? Like Carrie and her um, her t-shirt dress or whatever. And then I remember, what, did you, what was it you, Brittany, was telling me about? You know what? I'm not going to repeat that. But like her, <laughs> her tutu. <laughs> You told me a very interesting story about that. Oh, about... <laughs> about me, people trying to recreate that special oh, with her two child. <laughs> Embarrassing. Embarrassing. I don't even want it. Oh, I can only imagine. I'm going to have to like, say it when we go off the air. <laughs> that shit had me rolling. <laughs> but yeah, I can, I can definitely see that too. I don't think everything translates. And I think a lot of a lot of the movies that we've watched on here that have come from like the late 90s or maybe like the 80s through like the early 2000s we kind of have gone back and rewatched and be like oh god <laughs> like mm-hmm. like oh this is mm-hmm. kind of this is kind of horrifying um and so it is kind of interesting to like look at it again cuz i i watch this pretty frequently i pretty much watch this anytime i see it on a streaming channel nowadays because it is usually living either on Hulu, Amazon, 
or Netflix um, or one of like, you know, like a, like the premium channels. So I watched this quite a bit, but like now watching it for like the podcast, I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of. Yeah, you definitely see like all the red flags. Because again, I watched this movie a bajillion times, but watching it with intent mm-hmm. to talk about it in depth, you're like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, like her mother, her mother's awful. Her mother is so problematic. Her mother is awful. <laughs> Casually racist, just awful. <laughs> like, definitely. And definitely, I mean, she's definitely an updated version of, of, the original mom from Pride and Prejudice because her mom would just be shooting off at the mouth too. It was just like <laughs> the 19th century versus the 20th century, I guess. You know, <laughs> and how much they kind of didn't change but kind of did at the same time. So it was very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can say that this movie is on Showtime. That's where we all watched it. So if you do want to watch this movie for the first time, um, I mean, oh, be- I actually watched it on Hoopla. Oh, excuse me. For the free, thanks oh, to yeah. my library card. Yeah, if you have a library card, like, support the library, y'all. Um, if you have a library card and your library participates in Hoopla um, or in, uh, Canopy is the other one. Depending on your library system, um, you can get free movies for, again, the free. All you need is your library card. That's awesome. Yeah, they have limited rentals. I think Hoopla has like, what is it? I think Hoopla has like five, which sucks, but I mean five. And then there's Canopy, I think also has five. But they've got a, a big selection of movies. I'm actually really surprised that Bridget Jones is on there. They came through. Yeah, because they have a lot of foreign movies too. So like, or crit- mm-hmm. sometimes they have Criterion movies on there. I think so. Like, if you're not somebody who has money for like the Criterion channel, you also do that. I'm a big proponent of going to the library because there's been a lot of movies that I'm like, Renee, I can't find this shit. Let me go find my. <laughs> Let me go to the library first and see if they got it, and they do usually. So, but if you live in a small town that doesn't have like a huge library system, check out and see if your library offers something like Hoopla or Canopy um, and get your life. So what movies would you guys recommend someone watch as a pairing with this? Okay, that's hard. Ooh. Or just like a general like fun or general like romance movie to watch. Oh, oh. Because I think I might have one, maybe. That well, might be nice. First, first, and then we'll kind of so, <laughs> I would recommend My Star Wars, which is Sabrina 1995, the remake starring Harrison Ford Ooh. and Julia Armand. This is um, my Star Wars? This is my Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Wait. This is my Star Wars. Oh, man. You know how people really, really love Star Wars? I love Sabrina yeah, like, 1995 that much. Like enough to fight people about it? Yeah. At that time, I had not seen Star Wars in entirety. When I first announced Sabrina 1995 as my Star Wars, I had not seen the original trilogy. Since then, I have seen it. Sabrina 1995 is still my Star Wars. Okay. Um, it's a really, I just love everything about it. Mostly Harrison Ford in it. Um, he's very handsome in that. Yes, movie. and he's like an asshole, and he okay, is he's playing himself. 
<laughs> yes, like he is that mean, like asshole, like and he he's very grouch. in he the whole really film. Is. It's just like real, like that, and it's just a nice movie. Um, I've not seen this movie, but I've seen. I feel like I've seen the original Sabrina. That's the one with Audrey Hepburn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it, but I could not tell you anything about it. So I would be open to rewatching, or at least watching the the newer version. I know I don't think I've and, seen it. I don't recognize anybody in this movie except for Miss Odge. And is also uh, Greg Kinnear is the other brother who plays David. It's, I really, I when I was younger, I loved this movie. <laughs> I used to watch it a lot, mostly because of Harrison Ford. But it's like, it's a really good movie. I rewatch it every so often. Like, Harrison Ford is actually, like, really good looking. He's very handsome. And, and you have to see him in Sabrina because he's super, super handsome. Super. Mm-hmm. I just remember, super. like, I remember watching Indiana Jones and being like, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was raised on. He was like, and I was like, okay. <laughs> the girl in Indiana Jones when she blinks her eyes and says, "I love you," which is super inappropriate, but I, I can, I can see that. <laughs> I, I can feel. I feel you. I feel you, girl. Like, like he's. I wish you would stop flying planes. Please stop. Oh, bro. Like, oh my gosh. In Indiana Jones, he says, I'm good at flying planes, we're not good at landing them, and he was right. Oh um, no. <laughs> I can start the car, but I can't park the car. Shit. I was like, oh, sorry, Harrison, Tubi. you are correct about it. So, this is on Tubi, so I'm going to watch it today. I think I might. It's... Tubi is also another streaming service we've mentioned on here. Not sponsored, of course. We're just trying to give y'all, you know, the hookups or whatever. But we 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 try to help. We try to help. Yeah. Um. I have one that I just realized. I would say the Princess Diaries is okay. Pretty close. Yes. It's got another woman, girl actually, who's writing in a diary who has a lot of self confidence issues. She just wants to be loved. Um, and she's going through it and also she's trying to better herself, not really for her own benefit. Of course, she's doing it for, um, you know, her parents or not her parents, but like her grandmother and her parents, her dad. Um, it also features, um, the best, um, Schwartzman, I guess. Yes, Robert Carmine. Yes, he's calling himself these days. Um, we've mentioned our love for him. Um, also, uh, I forgot that movie is also based on a book, which is way better than the movie. That book series hit when I was younger. Um, and they kind of took all the edge out of it, which sucked. But it was for Disney, so what are you gonna do? Okay, shout out to Meg Cabot. Dude, like no, yes. like, you know her. Like her grandma was played by Julie Andrews, right? Like in her in the book, her grandmother like smoked all the time. She had tattooed eyeliner. She looked like a crazy person, and she was like mean. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they didn't do that shit at all. <laughs> it said New York, so it was kind of like more of like a. She was definitely had more of like a like I'd kind of do stuff on my own type of shit. 
It was a lot better, but you know, I I still the original Princess Diaries movie is still very endearing to me. So I feel like they're in the same vein, um, just like in different parts of their lives, you know, that kind of thing. Just chasing after men that are really trash when there's a good man right there. <laughs> mhm. So yeah, yeah. That's and Libby, what about you? I would have to probably pick Moonstruck with Cher and Nicholas Cage. Oh my god, wasn't he like a pizza guy or something, right? He was like a welder and <laughs> uh, in that particular movie, kind of in the same direction of her being considered like a spinster, um, not really lucky at love. Um, she's actually engaged to Danny Aiello, which play, who is Nicolas Cage's brother in the movie, oh and she ends up having an affair with Nicolas Cage, and that's who she actually falls in love with, but he's, you know, rough around the edges, he's not the, the, the good guy, but in, in the grand scheme, of, he doesn't appear to be the best choice, but in the end, he actually really is, and he becomes this really caring caring guy and again it's very campy it's very over the top it's very like forget about it snap out of it like that sort of thing but what I appreciate about Cher's character because she's even older than like she's probably considered older than Bridget she's probably closer to the 40 in this particular movie um and she really stands up for herself in regards to like taking chances in love and learning to find her her sexiness and 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 practice self-care and take a risk and a chance on love even if it is with a one-handed uh trash ass welder who is sleeping with her, her his brother's wife so. he sure did only have one hand i forgot about that shit i didn't realize that she was cheating on her yeah see it- i need to rewatch that because i don't remember that part at all i thought they just had met <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is is she he, Danny Aiello goes to to Italy to go visit his sick mother. And while he's gone, he tells his brother like, "Hey, watch out for my fiance, make sure she's taken care of." And you know, when she first sees him, she's disgusted by him. He's like, "Who is this greasy, grimy, like total like trash bucket?" And he instantly falls in love with Cher and he like basically like ravages her because then like she's not used to being loved on like that because Danny Aiello he don't really love her he's marrying they're both marrying each other because like we're both old we don't have any other prospects right now so let's just kind of get this over with get this done and so yeah and so like a lot of twists of circumstances she ends up messing around with Nicolas Cage's character and actually really falling in love with him so it's 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 a really good movie that I really enjoy she looks so good in this movie too gorgeous gorgeous She's very cute Nicolas Cage of course is um Nicolas Cage <laughs> we haven't reviewed a Nicolas Cage movie yet we've talked about it I don't know if we could handle it or survive I can handle it. Yeah. I live that lifestyle, so yeah. Oh, oh God. We're going to do the Wicker Man Brittany's again. like, I volunteer. It's tribute. Let's do this. <laughs> We're going to do the Wicker Man again. I can definitely do it. Y'all should do face-off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
my favorite Nicolas Cage movies. And it has John Travolta. So you get two scoops. <laughs> oh, not two ah! scoops. Not two scoops. Double double. <laughs> oh, no. Why would... Yeah. Yeah. You know what? No. <laughs> it's really the perfect movie, Ashley. It's really the perfect... It has a peach in it. Oh my god. It's <laughs> not another peach. It's, Please not another peach. It's a peach, Nicholas Cage as John Tra wait. Nicholas Cage as John Travolta. Something like that. Talking about I can yeah, eat a peach for hours. And like Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that a lyric to a song forever ago? Do you know that song? That's off topic. But I, like <laughs> It might topic. be perfect. I used to love that song. Um, okay, well, um, I mean, I'm personally afraid of both those people, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. We have actually so many ideas. We have no idea what we're going to do for August. Um, but we, we have ideas. We have a ton of ideas, actually. Um, I mean, Face Off might be going on the list. I'm already terrified. So... If you guys want to catch us anywhere, um, we are on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. We are um, on Instagram at Black Girl Film Club. Uh, you can also visit our blog at blackgirlfilmclub.com. If you want to email us, we are blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, um, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, or anywhere else you kind of aggregate or get your podcasts. Um, Libby, tell us where you are. Yeah, you can find me on two places on the web. You can find me on Instagram. That's where I am most active. You can just search the chocolate hippie and I'll pop right up. Hippie is spelled H-I-P-P-I-E. And on Twitter at Choco, C-H-O-C-O underscore H-I-P-P-I-E. Yes. And you're pretty active, um... I've seen you on both. You shall, y'all all should hit her up. Go subscribe to her podcast. You can pretty much get your podcast anywhere. <laughs> yeah, all the typical places, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all of that. She's got y'all covered from head to toe. We're just kind of mm -hmm. like, we, just please find us. <laughs> like, <laughs> Libby is on it. <laughs> we, we definitely want to thank... <laughs> Lindsay, for being on our show today, sitting with us, talking about Bridge and all her chaos. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. Like, truly, this has been really a lot of fun, and I love you girls. And again, I love what you guys are doing. So I'm just blessed to be in the room, in the space. Aww. We love having you. We, we do. <laughs> well, if there's nothing else, let's say bye now. And bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>